Glad to come for the ride on a Wednesday installment of the program live from Island Wing Company here in Bartram. We love coming to Island Wing on our regular Wednesdays. It's still, uh, one of the two days this week we will not be at the uh, Walk-Off Charities Baseball Classic, but we'll be back out there on Friday. We look forward to that. A lot to talk about today, though, in the world of sports. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, too. I always talk about the weather when we start these programs. I was out today, kind of a uh, uh, Suzanne and... Uh, and, uh, and our dog Pugsley and I went uh, went for went for a drive and a walk, and I'm thinking it really is great weather around here. You know, I know it's not really news breaking, but the fact that we are in the middle of February on an 80 degree day, taking your wife, taking your you and your wife, taking the dog for a long walk, that's really pretty good stuff. It's incredible. The last two winters have been awful for for us. Uh, very unseasonable, basically four to six weeks yeah. of really cold consistently. I, I was talking to uh, Jean about it today because she was like, is this how it always is up here? And, uh, and, and I think this has been one of the best we've had in 10 years in terms of the absence of cold and so many just spectacular days for February. Uh, so we had kind of a, a tough last couple of years when it when it came to the cold. At least that's how it felt um, as a lifelong resident here. This has been great. I mean, I, I, I've been sort of saying to her, I don't know that you can always expect this. <laughs> this seems like it's been one of the, the best winners that we've ever had. How many nights have we had or were days where it's really the cold is really impacted? Six? Yeah. Now, we had, now when we had cold, it was really cold. The cold we had was yeah, really cold. I think the freeze, we, we yeah. might have had more freezing nights than we've had in other winters. But as far as, yeah, the longevity of it, not bad at all. Did you lose any plants or did you cover your plants? We covered plants. Did you? How about yeah. you? We uh, brought in a plant uh, yeah. to the garage. That was okay. about all we did. We covered nothing and lost them. Oh, no. We lost tea trees and uh, quarter lines, I think is what they're called technically. And so, you know what I did yesterday? Planted a bunch of tea trees and croats. The last time you planted a croat, Brooks? I have not really ever probably planted ever a planted a croton because I already have one in a pot. But we yeah. covered that one, and it did not even do well. So it, yeah. even covering croats, stuff, croats and we moved plants too. Croats are going to die. Tea trees or cordylines probably going to die. I've seen more of those that are now brown instead of maroon yeah. all over the place. You it know a lot about botany. Maybe you should be in charge of the Super Bowl field. Well, <laughs> let me just tell you this. The Super Bowl field was a disaster, <laughs> and my tea trees and crotons look pretty damn good. Let me just say that, okay? I had... I laid 15 bags of mulch, threw 15 bags of mulch and 10 bags of rocks. That was my, that was my Sunday, Monday. So I got that. I don't know what you got, but I got that yeah. going for me. Okay. Are we going to get like a training montage you of that? Might, like, you might. You might. Know, be careful. Rocky movie. Be careful. Yeah. Uh, I was telling um, uh, Michelle, the queen of the building, that today when I was in the building. Michelle said, first, I don't believe you. I said, it's true. She, I said, she said, I need a video. So I don't have a video, but it's true. She goes, second, she goes, <laughs> did you take a shower after every bag? <laughs> which, is, which, is, which is a fair question. I'm kind of notorious for taking a lot of showers. So there's See, a, we haven't planted anything yet because we want to make sure that there's not one more cold spell before yeah, well, we and, plant stuff. And we had that debate in the Frangie home. Okay. <laughs> By the way, this is how yeah. I know I've reached like yeah. the, that age because I'm now talking about covering plants, yeah. when to plant, local politics yeah. is next. Yeah, I mean, yeah. good grief. But if we, but if we had that talk in the Frangie home, what remains the case, and I, and I continue <laughs> – I continue to run for and get elected re-election. I continue to be, but the vice president. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I've never been promoted. Yeah. Okay, so I uh, and the, uh, the 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 ter- what I've learned is the president of the Frangie family has never been termed out. Okay? Right. There's no term limits. <laughs> I thought there might be. You never yeah. you never know how those rules work. There's no term limits. 
Yeah, so, for better or for worse, yeah, it's kind of yeah, how it goes. Yeah, it kind of is. And so I, um, I said the same thing. I said, it's supposed to be, supposed to be in the 40s, okay? Right. But the president of the operation <laughs> pulled out Google, okay? <laughs> and Google says both, both crotons and tea trees can live in 30-degree uh, weather, just not a hard freeze, which is, does that mean it's longer or colder? A hard freeze means colder. colder. Okay, yeah. because 30. But it's actually going to get to I do know 32. That, I do know that 32 is freezing because yes. I like went to school and stuff. <laughs> um, is it, but is, is, is it supposed to go below 32 again? I don't think so. No. I, they're not projecting that as of now. No. Certainly anything can happen, but I would doubt yeah. it the way that things yeah, have been. Well, so, so anyway, yeah. so Go yeah. if Google says tea trees and crotons can last, yeah. Yeah. then I'm good. Well, I would tell you how lame you both are right. if I hadn't <laughs> decided today that I am going to resod the spots in the backyard <laughs> how that about the that? dogs have ripped up. Love that. On Saturday morning, I'm going to go get sod because I did. I looked at the weather for the next seven <laughs> so or eight yeah, days, yeah. Okay. and it's not going to freeze. And I'm like, that takes us to basically the end of February, so I think I can go ahead. But don't you want some yeah, rain yeah. if you're going to lay sod and we don't have too much yeah. rain? I can. Now I'm getting in the weeds. Yeah, I mean, I can water it myself. You, and But the thing okay. that's did driving till, me did, nuts. Did you till it up is, first? Did you just bring out the tiller? I think it sounds like yeah. the dogs might have tilled it that, up. That's the thing. Like, and, and so the sparse areas are by the you know the patio door in the back and so the dogs are bringing muddy paws and and right. dirty paws into the house which that's not going to work yeah. have you so thought I about need to turf reside. what do you mean like astro like actual like fake turf that they have for, for like in the backyard yeah no nah, okay we like grass but okay. so what i just they, need they to, i just brady bunch here yeah. Some people nowadays yeah. have turf in the back, especially with dogs, because they, they never have yeah. dirt. No, I'm, I'm the spurrier book of <laughs> it's got to be natural grass. So you're going to toss some so, sod. Yeah, so I'm going to lay some uh, St. Augustine or on. Bermuda or something It'll be, uh, else. St. Augustine. Augustine. It'll be yeah. St. Augustine. Hey, some but, people uh, have other stuff. Yeah, some people no, have Zoysia, be. Bermuda. Do you, what do you have? We have a mixture of St. Augustine and Bermuda. It's not you fully St. Augustine. You have some Bermuda in your yard? It's in, yeah, it's in mixed in with the St. Augustine. Really? Mm -hmm. Look at that. No, we, we, we but at least it, the grass is starting to be greener again. Okay, so there's so there's. <laughs> this has so been a fun no, segment. Been, yeah. No, because I uh, <laughs> Bermuda. I mean, if you have Bermuda, do you try and like get up and down with your 56 degree wedge? Or, <laughs> you, I do not. Okay. Just again, it's just mixed in. It's not like there's you know a huge patch of Bermuda. Yeah, it's just yeah, sprinkled so, in. Well, so there's that. Right, so there you go. All right, now now you know how our yards look and how we yeah. feel about the weather. <laughs> That's all good stuff. Today on the program, Calvin Ridley Day. What does that mean? And uh, when will he actually be wearing a Jaguar uniform and working out with the team? I think he's planted the seed of reinstatement. <laughs> oh, look at that. You can't get the slip one by him. Uh, Michael Jordan turned 60. How did that happen? I am not sure. How is Michael Jordan 60? You know, and if you have not seen the, uh, the tweet from Super 70 Sports, I would recommend you go find it. Yes. Is that safe to say? I think it's very safe there's to a, say. There's a picture of Jordan in the tweet, and I would recommend you go find it. It's very, I found it very instructive. Yes. Yeah, uh, respectfully instructive, or at least instructive. Very, very accurate. Yeah, so, uh, so it is accurate. So we'll certainly talk about that uh, coming up a little, little bit later on. We're going to get deeper into Ted Lasso. Favorite characters, where Ted, where can Ted Lasso go? You know, you, you can't go a lot further, right? So Yeah, this is probably it. Yeah, so we're going to talk to so Ted Lasso. Uh, Jared Rice stops by from the players. We're going to talk about players as we look ahead. Uh, who do you want to see win it? Uh, Todd McShay's got a mock. Yeah, did you see the mock? you check out I the mock? I did. Did you check I out? have not looked yeah, at it. Yeah, it's a good mock. So it's a good it, – it, it looked to me like the most realistic mock so far. Did you think that? I think so, I, yeah. Because you know, everyone's going to mock the trade. The Bears aren't taking a quarterback. So just about everyone is going to mock the Bears trading out of one. This one looked about as realistic as any. I'd so say. did he include trades? He did. Yes. Well, yeah. Okay. We had to there. You really – I don't think you can do a mock this year 
without the Bears trading out of there, can you? I mean, well, realistically? I wouldn't think. Uh, Lock and Fora, pause for yeah. eye rolling, uh, <laughs> tweeted out today that, uh, that he heard throughout the Senior Bowl from multiple executives that the Bears are going to trade fields. Are they now? And take a quarterback okay, at one. Okay. So, but I highly doubt that, that happens. That would surprise me. I greatly. would be surprised. But at the same time, I do wonder, can you just bank on the fact that the Bears are not taking a quarterback and then not yeah. have to trade with them? Yeah. If you like multiple quarterbacks? Like if you're the Texans, you like multiple quarterbacks? Yeah. They usually don't. No, they usually no. don't. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is they, they, normally, they normally don't. They normally want their guy. So. Uh, but, yeah, so the Bears are in a great position, and I would be surprised if they traded Justin Fields. But I guess, you know, if you fell in love with Bryce Young, and, again, it would depend on what you could get. He was floating that the Colts will take Fields uh, and give up the fourth pick. Okay, well, that also seems a little far-fetched, but I think there's a lot of, you know, connections he's trying to make on uh, – the new Colts coach wanting his version of Jalen Hurts, and anyway, makes I, sense. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's far fetched. I think the Bears probably trade out, but it was at least worth mentioning yeah. that somebody is floating that the Bears that 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 some people in the league believe the Bears are going to trade Fields and take a quarterback at one. Also, want to get into Todd Munkin leaving Georgia. What is the effect? What is the effect of Todd Munkin not being at Georgia anymore? Uh, he, uh, as you know, went to take the Ravens job. So uh, Todd Munkin, uh, Calvin Ridley, we'll talk about that. Ted Lasso, a little Michael Jordan talk. The players, uh, Todd McShay's draft. We've got all kind of fun stuff. Glad you're with us on the program today. It is a Wednesday installment. We are live from uh, Island Wing Company in Bartram. Back in a moment. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Yeah, I'm chilling on a dirt road. Laid back, swerving like I'm George Jones. To me, one of the best phrases is win them before you can buy them. Well, that's what we've got today. You are listening, of course, to Jason Aldean. He comes in concert to Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena on Friday, August 25th, alongside Mitchell Tempenny, Corey Kent, and DJ Silver. If you want to win these tickets that will be highly coveted, be caller number three right now at 641-1010. Caller number three, 641-1010. The tickets do not go on sale until Friday morning at 10 a.m. Ticketmaster.com. <laughs> Going to be, like I said, a show that is... Very well attended. I saw Jason Aldean February of 2020, and it yeah. was definitely sold out. Good show? It was a great show, yeah. That was uh, when I actually saw Riley Green and Morgan Wallen open for Jason Aldean, which is really the whole reason I went to the concert was because I loved the opening acts. Uh, but I got to see our good friend Tammy Talley there. Yeah. Her husband loves Jason Aldean. Oh, how about that? So loves him. Jason Aldean it is, coming in in August, so there you go. Uh, also in August, we expect Calvin Ridley to be here in August. We um, do. Um, applied for reinstatement today. What's the process like? I know we touched on it yesterday, but we didn't get into details. What's the process like, Hayes? That's a great question. That I don't know. I would assume that he applies for reinstatement today, and then I would imagine the league just basically rubber stamps it. Because there's, not, there's nothing there's, there's, going to be in that application that they don't know is coming. Yeah, and there's no conditions that Ridley had to meet. It's not like he's got to go and explain to the league – you know, why things happened, I think that's already sort of taken place. So it's almost like, you know, I, again, I, it would almost be like, okay, he's paid his penalty. So it's just really the league rubber stamping that, yes, he's back and he's eligible. Now, I, I don't know that that's going to happen in the next, like, few days, so don't get impatient. Sure. But, again, as Doug Peterson said, they really can't do anything anyway until April 17th. Like, even if he's reinstated, 
there's nothing he can do with the coaches. They're not allowed to talk football with the players anyway. And he could already be getting help from Trevor and Christian and Zay. You know, I mean, the players can talk to the players whenever they want. They can share whatever they want. So really in terms of worrying about anything here, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about by the time that the offseason program begins. He will have been reinstated. But I would just say this, like, since we've never had to deal with this, don't be alarmed if it's m- the middle of March and the league still hasn't reinstated him. I, t- there's nothing to indicate that he is not going to be reinstated by the time the Jaguars would actually need him to be reinstated. So Tom Brady will unretire before we potentially hear <laughs> about Calvin Ridley. I would say that Ridley gets reinstated before okay. Brady uh, reneges on his retirement and comes back. All right, sounds good. By the way, Ridley is just the fifth player in the NFL to have been suspended for gambling, and they were all four other players were all reinstated the year after. Yeah. So, like you said, I fully expect it to take a little bit of time because the NFL, that's how they are. But I would expect, like you said, before April 17th for sure. You realize his last pretty much full season in the league, he had 1,300 yards. 90 catches and nine touchdowns. 90 catches and 1,374. That's a big year, man. And a 15.3-yard average. It would have to be. This is an explosive player. I mean, mean, realistically, he had a 1,300-yard season. Really, 14. Yeah, yeah. well, that's right. And that was a 16-game schedule. And he played in 15 of them. So he missed a game. And play in missing a game, played 15 games, had almost a 1,400-yard season. Do you realize in his rookie year, when he got to the league, he only started five games and had 10 touchdowns? He's a great player. I mean, he, he's he, a great he might route be a, runner, great he separator. Might be a great player. I mean, we, you know, I mean, he might be. I might have in my mind underplayed that a little bit because we were. It happened in the middle of a season. You know, the the word that he was coming here. Uh, Man, he might be a re- he might be. You just don't have thirteen hundred yard seasons, and that was two years ago, by the way. I mean, I mean, in, in he's 20- still just twenty eight. He's only twenty. I mean, years this old. will be his year twenty eight season. He's he just turned twenty eight. Yeah. So he will basically play all of twenty twenty three as a twenty eight year old, and uh, yeah, it's and and I again I go back to I think it's great that he also doesn't have to be the the savior of the mm-hmm. room, right. the savior That's of the right. offense That's right away. Right. I mean. And I think they're going to make that very clear to him of you just need to come in and, and be you and don't try to save anything. Nothing needs saved. We've got right. a great receiver room uh, that we're looking forward to, you know, having you add to. We've got a great running back. We've certainly got, a, a, we think, a, a superstar franchise quarterback. And hopefully Ingram's back. Uh, so he just needs to fit in. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to eclipse these numbers. In fact, I don't think he's going to come close to these numbers in his first year here, but that's not a knock on Calvin Ridley. I just don't think it's going to be required. Right, because Trevor's going to continue to spread the ball around just like he did a season ago. He certainly didn't have one favorite target. I think, Frank, the reason that I think a lot of people not necessarily overlooked the Ridley trade but weren't as excited as maybe they could have been because it was right after the Jaguars had just lost the fifth straight game. Yeah, that's it right. It was the day after, two days after the loss to the Broncos in London. Yeah. So you've got, how did you lose to that team? Trevor throws another end zone interception. And, oh, by the way, they've just lost five straight. The season's over, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're trading for Calvin Ridley for next year. Well, we'll worry about next year. Next year, we have to fix this football team right now. And, and the belief was, the criticism was, not the belief, 
Uh, your team's struggling right now, so what are you doing? You're trading for next year. Does that mean you've thrown in the towel for this year? Absolutely. Which we all obviously saw wasn't even close to being the case. Sure. But at the time, that was the conversation. A 1,300-yard season. At Alabama, his first year, he caught 89 passes. In a college season, he caught 89 passes for 1,045 yards and seven touchdowns. The next year, he caught 72 passes. The next year, he caught 63 for almost 1,000 yards. This guy is a receiver who played three years of college football as a receiver, scored 19 touchdowns in college. What is, I know we talk about how Travis Etienne scored 78, but he was a running back. Boy, oh, boy. I, man, I hope, and he certainly seems excited to get going, doesn't he? He does, and I understand the, the people that are concerned about the layoff. He hasn't played since October of 21. Uh, but I just believe that if you've got this kind of ability – I think, first off, he's going to show up April 17th in fantastic shape. We've already seen evidence of that. So he's in great shape. He's got all of April, all of May. He's got the mandatory mini camp in June, which I would imagine Doug Peterson will have this year. Um, you then get six weeks to you know work on it even more. Then you've got all a training camp. So, I mean, to me, there is plenty of time for Calvin Ridley to be ready to rock in the opener. I, I, don't, I don't believe that it's going to be – we're going to be in week seven having a conversation about why can't Calvin Ridley get going? Why can't he make the plays when he's being asked to make them? I, I just can't imagine somebody with this skill at this age can't figure out how to be football ready uh, by September 13th. And you can tell that his passion's there, too, because I think the knock on him at one point in time was he's not sure he even wants to play football. I think, at least from what we can tell, everything that he tweets out, he is super excited to not just join this team but to play football again. And it's not like he's coming off of an injury. This is, this is simply him being able to train. He just couldn't play football. Yeah, I, 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 I'm telling you, boy, it's uh, – I might, again, I don't know if I underplayed it. It's just so much was made because of the timing of it all. I'm real excited. I'm real excited to see what, what number 18 is going to be like. I mean, when you think about it, Trevor Lawrence could drop back to throw next year and have Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and Zay Jones running a route, have Evan Ingram running a route, and have ETN available for a check down. Well, I think they probably will. I mean, that's – Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you're going to have. pretty good. That's pretty good. That, pretty good. That, that's, that, 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 if you want to know why people uh, suddenly think they're pretty good, you know – that of all the reasons, Doug Peterson way up there. Um, the offensive line that got better way up there. The uh, an emerging defense, but the re- that receiving core has got to be high, high, that, high on the list, right? I think once people start to see videos of Calvin Ridley actually playing football, then yes, that I think right now the trio might still be a little bit underrated because people yeah. are still a little bit wary of Ridley. Yeah. But once they're actually able to see him out on the football field, see Trevor Lawrence throwing dimes to him, yeah, I think that trio will rise on people's boards. I'm listening to Mr. Jones in here. They always play this, don't they? They do. Always. I mean, yeah. You would never never uh, be a con. <laughs> yeah. Though, oh, this, is, this is one of the best live acts I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> I, I'm 30 I, years later. And, uh, by the way, this song is 30 years old, it's which a is a great song. Cra- it's a fantastic wow. song. Yeah. Uh, and, What's uh, worse, Michael Jordan turning 60 on Friday or this yeah, song, yeah. Mr. Jones, this, being 30 years old? Be this <laughs> turning 30. I mean, this, I mean, this <laughs> but, is like Billy Joel not playing piano, man. Yeah. The piano crews would well, never they, not play it. Again, they played this song, but they 
they did this acoustical set. They oh, came to they Jacksonville. They, they, I they have played. friends that saw them at the Ryman in Nashville. Yeah. And I could have gone to the concert but decided not to go at the last minute, and they did not play it at all. Okay. Yeah. And they should be arrested for that. Yeah. yeah. So at the concert that I saw, Counting Crows, was this song had only been out for like two months. Yeah. They were a very new band. And they came to the edge in Jacksonville, and we all went, and the idiot lead singer gets up there and starts off by saying that they're trying to – they might get an MTV Unplugged uh, opportunity in the next, like, six weeks. So they're going to so work on it and play this acoustical set. And it's like we're there to, like, have fun and, you know, party and – uh, we're not there to listen to some that acoustical crap. I mean, this isn't a fireside chat. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're not making s'mores here. You know, we're ha- we're here to have fun. Oh. And I, it was the worst concert I've ever been to oh. or will ever go to. Right. Adam Durst, by the way, is the yeah. uh, the man uh, you're impugning right there. And I can uh, I can tell you, um, I thought he didn't play it. They played it. They just did. They like played it, right, but it was right. this acoustical thing that no one liked. That, that might have even trumped my favorite story. Is <laughs> I saw the Marshall Tucker Band play <laughs> four songs and didn't play "Hurt in a Love Song." I, I mean, I, which I still think is should have been some sort of a crime. Yeah. Right? If they didn't play "Can't You See," though. It would be even worse. They got three songs. They got Hurt in Love Song, Can't You See, and Fire in the Mountain. That's what you have. (laughs) You have three. You played two. Right? Yeah. Am I missing something? They have three. I I honestly, I don't get the mentality of that. I I wasn't at this concert. Right. So there was this band in the 90s called Mazzy Star that was popular for about three months because they had one hit. Yeah. And it's called Fade Into You. It's a beautiful song. It's a fantastic song. But they came to Jacksonville, and I didn't go to this concert. Yeah. Uh, I would have, but I couldn't go for whatever reason. I was working or something. So I had buddies that went. And uh, they didn't play Fade Into You. Oh, my gosh. How, I mean, again, <laughs> I, I don't know who <laughs> advises yeah. Yeah. these musicians, but if that's your moneymaker, <laughs> you, you play it. You play it. Again. Anyway. They didn't play Heard It in Love Song. I'm with you. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, our friend uh, – Jared Rice stops by. Uh, Jared's going to be with us every Wednesday. You know, leading right up to the players. Love Jared. Good dude. And it gets you excited about I'm getting excited about the players. Absolutely. I mean, I'm really getting excited about it now. Football behind us. We had this wonderful run of football season. It was this great football season. I told Jared last week, March has won me over. I was a May guy. Yes, you were. were. You a May? Were you May? Big time May. I was a May guy. And, and, I, and I did not like I – I loved it when it moved to – I asked for it to be moved to May. They moved it to May. I was happy. Uh, when they moved it back, I didn't like it, and I felt for the players. It wasn't their choice. You know, the tour moved around a little bit, and the PGA mm-hmm. moved up, and I get it. But, May's, but March is better. He's right. They were right. March is perfect. Mar- I and I did not think I'd feel that way, and I do. I have friends and family that couldn't go anymore if it was still going to be in May because of the heat. Yeah, yeah. And March, they'll go every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So and, and they had some bad weather last year, but that's not going to happen very often. So it's, uh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Jared joins us in a bit. We'll talk players on a whole lot more. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. There wasn't much doubt this was coming out. Yeah. Gibby just uh, eagled the first. <laughs> Frank Frangie, uh, Lauren Brooks, Hayes Carline, our buddy Jared Rice is here from the players. Hayes was lamenting that he went to see the Counting Crows one time and they like barely played Mr. Th- Jones. This would have been like in 1992. Yeah. They played at a bar called The Edge in Jacksonville that okay. hasn't existed yeah. in yeah. 25 years, 30 years. 
Uh, anyway, so they played this acoustical set, which it was awful. I love the uh, – there's nothing in the world better than a good grudge holder. I love the fact that he's still mad about it. That's, that, that's fantastic. Just so – I, I do know the band. I'm not yeah. – looking at the So you don't have to explain I, – I mean, we, we have yeah. to explain to other people. Yeah, right? Right. Okay. Right, right, right. I know all about right. the That's funny. So uh, how are you, man? Good to see you. Doing awesome. We're getting awesome. close. We're getting close. You getting excited? Yeah, absolutely. We are in, in, the, in the wedding analogy. We are um, – you know, we've we've got our wedding party. We know yeah. we're wearing. Yeah. We've got our vendors. We're we're setting uh, we're setting placements now. We're, we're we're telling everyone where they're sitting. That's kind of where we are right now. You've already now. done your shredding for the wedding. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we've already you know, the invites are out. Now we got to figure out who's sitting next to aunts and uncles and so forth. We are we are into it. The no uh, the weather has been fantastic. Yeah. We talk about how important weather is when you're playing in the golf tournament. Yeah. Does good weather help you prepare? Maybe a dumb mm. question, but how does that work? Oh yeah, it's um, it's it's been awesome. I mean, this has uh, been really great for um, you know, all the things that we're doing around. I mean, there's there's decorative, there's competitive, and so inside the ropes is again ne- never looked better. And when you um, we close the course to play after after Sunday's final you know, final competitive or, or uh, resort round. Okay, and um, you know, it's just uh, it, it's unbelievable how how much it greens up and how how great it, it starts looking once it's uh, untouched. So is it, cl- it closed now? It's closed now. It's yep. Okay, it's, so, yep. so that's about a month, right? Yeah, yep, okay. yep. So players in the field can play, right, right. Um, but uh, you know, we'll, and we'll get a few that come through town uh, as part of the Florida swing. But yeah. uh, it's it's pretty much untouched for about a month. When do you expect to start making the field announcements? Uh, good question. So we've done some player spotlights on our um, on our social and digital channels. That. So those that's kind of our th- th- those are our players that are in our field at this point. So um, I mean that's that's definitely the the, the place to go and, and check out those guys. They, they'll all be they'll all be here. So that's kind of the way that we're doing it this okay. year. And um, you know names everyone's familiar with, and we're pretty excited to see them uh, planning to come back. So it'll be a, it'll be a good group. I would love to see Ricky Fowler have a resurgence. You know, he, he obviously was such a great champion for you guys, and I saw he was spotlighted oh, yeah. on, uh, on a, a tweet earlier yep. today or yesterday. Yep. Uh, and it seems like he's had a hole-in-one the other day. I think that would be a lot of fun if Ricky Fowler was in contention. Um, w- one of the – I mean, all of our champions have been great in the in the post-round. And, and while he was – I wasn't the executive director when he won. Because um, that was 2015. That was yep. 15. 2015. Yeah. Correct. Wow. Go ahead. No, go Girls ahead. like Ricky Fowler. <laughs> okay. she, she's dead. Riley Green. Yeah, you know, right. I, start, I get Correct. it. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, but um, it, w- it would be great. I mean, he is, he's been a great champion. And um, I'll never forget, you know, late that night, he was um, heading down to, I guess, would have been Valspar or, or Tampa. And so he was, um, instead of flying, we, we got him a car. And he was just waiting around at the clubhouse. He didn't have this huge entourage. We were making him some, you know, food and beverages, you know, and just kind of hanging out for a little bit. And was <laughs> it wasn't a big group. And, you know, we're there to be serviceable and, you know, help him out and give whatever he wants. But, um, you know, just a really great person and very, very appreciative of uh, the team doing that for him and, uh, you know, really recognize the win. So it would be a nice one to see the top leaderboard. And for people that don't remember that one, it was – and I've been to just about all of them since 82 – it was the coolest finish. The three shots he hit on 17. Do you, do you remember the three shots on Do you remember the three mm-hmm. shots on 17? Hits its oh, great yeah. shot on 17. Gets into the playoff, the aggregate. It's this great shot on 17. Then it's still he and Kisner. It's oh, yeah. this great shot on 17. Birdies, it wins it. It was amazing. It was, obviously, that Sunday placement, the far right, we all you know the course. 
one of the most amazing things. Those three shots on 17, Jared, might be the most amazing shots I've seen. I think the stat was the, the aggregate total distance from the hole for um, was under 20 feet. So yeah. he, wow. every shot he made yeah. that day was, you know, five to, you know, five to eight feet. Yeah. Um, and, and again, to play 17 with a Sunday pin three right. times. Three times. <laughs> that's and, and went right at it all three times. Yeah. And Kevin Kisner, who yeah. was, you know, not a household name at the time, right. um, as in the first playoff, burnt an edge on 18 that to this day, I mean, people oh, were saying like, I, I mean, it was dead to right. He was walking it in and just fell off at the last second. So oh. one of the uh, kind of the unknown misses, but he, he thought he won the Players' Championship mm. in that first playoff. On 18. Yep. Are you a big Tiger fan this weekend? Obviously, everyone's a big Tiger fan in general, but yeah. especially this weekend, maybe then if he starts to play well, he could play the players? Um, any, any any executive director of any, <laughs> of any tournament that tells you anything other than we hope that he plays his event is lying to you. Right. Um, I think it's awesome to see. Uh, I think we were maybe talking about it a little bit, but um, see how our players and the players mm -hmm. in, in that, that community all get fired up when when he's a part of a tournament that's that's kind of next level to me that that's really really cool and you know have all those roots in la uh his, his foundation runs the event um it, it would be awesome to to see him play well and then ultimately be in a you know very walkable course here at yeah. tpc that's right, that's right. he's won twice that's right, yeah. um Why you know, not? I've, got, I've got my pitch yes, all yeah. together doesn't have you know got to play all phases of your game you know it's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in i'm ready Absolutely. It'd be un incredible. Uh, full Swing debuts today on mm. Netflix. It, I'm sure that's going to be wildly popular uh, because of, the A, the popularity of, of your sport, uh, but also this is the team that did the Formula One that was right. such a big hit. Um, can that give you, not that you guys need a boost, but can that bring in even a greater interest of, of fandom in terms of uh, young people that might watch this over the next five, six weeks and say, we need to get out there and watch these guys in the Players' Championship? No, no question. I mean, I have a focus group of two. They're uh, 16- and 13-year-old <laughs> boys. Um, I and, get it. And on the way over here, I got a call that they're already halfway through the first episode oh, and, wow. lo and love it because they like the Jordan and, and JT storyline that's emerging in the first episode. So if that's any indication, yeah. I'm going to go with yes, although probably a little, uh, you know, a little, a little jaded. Um, but anyways, I, I, the idea is that um, – yeah, bringing in a broader audience. Uh, you saw that happen with uh, Drive to Survive in the in the F1, um, telling the story about the the, the personalities and, and what goes into living on the road and the commitments mentally, physically to, to family. Uh, the Joel Damon uh, episode I've heard is pretty incredible. I haven't seen that yet, um, but again, it's going to give you some background to, to these guys that you don't necessarily see come come in and come through. Uh, you know, during a competitive round on on our uh, on, on, tele on the telecast. Jared, who do you think is the best player in the world? I mean, I think it's probably John Rahm, but I think I've seen – I'm like on an island on that one, I think. But I thought it before this year. I mean, who do you think is the best player, in your opinion? I mean, you know golf better than anybody I know. I mean, for me, it's – it's, you know, you, you get the stats. It's Scheffler, it's Rory, it's, it's, yeah. it's John Rahm, and they're yeah. all kind right. of, you know – the the Yeah, they're, they're going to kind of battle each other out depending yeah. upon schedules and how they're playing. And I think my answer to the question would be is it's hard for me to, to say it wouldn't be Rory. Okay. Um, but okay. at any one point in time, I would say any one of those three, and especially now with the designated events yeah. and how yeah. um, you know majors and the players and you know these designated events kind of flow through the season, you're, you're going to see the best players really yeah. rise. So yeah. you'll, you'll get a really good answer to that question after after this this year. And I hear you. you I guess most people would answer Rory, but uh, boy, I think Rom's a good player. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously he's one of the two or three best players in the world, but 
God, I think he's a good player. We talk about him all the time. He's a really good player. He, de- he, dealt with, he got rid of that temperament stuff that was sure. the right part of his – when he was younger. Yeah. I think he's – boy, I think he's a good player. Um, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the place you come to for swing instruction. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but yeah. when you look at how, you know, again, just kind of the uniqueness of his game, how yeah. he can do all, all of it. Um, he's won big events. He's won pressure events. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got a shorter swing. He doesn't yeah, have this. You know, does. it's, it's less opportunity to mess something that's up right. when you have it more that's, compact. That's right. Um, and, you know, hits his irons incredibly well. And what I love about, um, you know, him and his game is, from a player's perspective, hearing how much he appreciates um, what it means to win players and appreciates the course now at a different level than what he did early in his career. And, um, you know, that's just some of the feedback we've we've heard from him in his camp. So, um Love to see him play well here, too. Scotty Scheffler hadn't quite reached stardom when he played the players last year as far as the casual golf fan. Yeah. I wonder how he'll do this year, I think, with a lot more attention surrounding him. Well, and, you know, he when he won last week, he was um, – he, he, I think he was – what was it? Um, hit four fairways and but only made two bogeys. <laughs> that's pretty right. incredible. Right, uh, right over the course of the week, by the yeah, way, really two is. bogeys in four rounds. Uh, that's wow. unbelievable. So, I think if he's going to win, he's got to he's got to tighten, tighten up, up a little yeah. bit of the uh, you know a little of the wildness. But um, yeah, he certainly has the game. And again, these are the the, 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 the you know the top players that come here are um, you know ones to, to keep an eye on. And um, you know that's a that's a good name too. What goes into picking the featured pairings? Do you look at pairings from previous players and try not to duplicate that or do you look at what they've done recently or do the players give you any input that you uh you take on on that how does it go in in terms of determining that yeah i think the easiest way to answer is yes it's a combination of all of those factors um there's competitive factors um you know in terms of you know early lates and late early so that means if you go out you know, late one day or early the next, and you know the the, the balancing act uh, from our competitive area, knowing that okay, if Lauren, I mean Lauren can't be getting that draw, you know, eight, eight consecutive tournaments. So there is math that goes behind it, and and she likes and to be, sleep and in. Being, <laughs> being equitable. I was uh, yeah, <laughs> just thinking about you. Um, but there's also, I mean, the, the featured pairing this week is yeah. is pretty incredible. Um, so there is that. You know, combining of um, you know our featured player, our, our, our top players, and getting them playing together, uh, but also being uh, competitively sound and equal. Yeah, it's Tiger, Rory, and JT, right? Yeah. This week. Yeah. How about that? Is that a good? Is that good? Is that good? <laughs> I've probably is checked that, that one out. Is that a good, good group? You think? Yeah, um, uh, we tell people all the time. I, I thought about this after you left last yeah. time. We tell people get your get your tickets, yes. get your parking early. But I don't want to assume that everybody that listens to us knows everything about this. Where do they get the tickets? What do they do? You're a guy hearing this for the first time. Sure. What do you do? Players.com. Okay. So our website, I know that seems like, yeah, no kidding. But, but that's easy. It, it's no, really, I, wanted it, you, it, I wanted you to give it, the no kidding answer. It, it really is because there's a couple of things that happen. One is we get closer to, and if we're in a point where we've, you know, sold out a certain day or parking's not available, that's also where our verified resale site is. So that's also really important because we do get this question a lot. It's like, oh, I'm, you know, flying around the Internet and I'm getting, you know, I yeah. see this you know, tickets available and you're off on this unverified site can't you know there's only so much we can do so we tell people listen if you want to come on x day or go to a you know a hospitality uh, spot that may be sold out from us but um is being made available on the secondary market we encourage ticket holders to post tickets and parking on our site so that's the best ah, and safest okay. place to go so either buy it directly through ticketmaster or ticketmaster uh verified and that's all through the players.com so the players.com yeah i mean that that's where that's where you go and again get your parking right 
Get good. your parking. Um, and if you're not going to, you know, again, Uber um, and, and rideshare, we've, uh, we, we expect that to be up and, um, you know, better resource than maybe it has been the last couple of years. Uh, you know, post-COVID, they're certainly coming back to, to full capacity. So we have a dedicated uh, rideshare drop. Um, if you're in Ponte Vedra, we have a brand new and um, uh, bike uh, golf cart and uh, you know pedestrian you know gathering area that's right there at the the base of the clubhouse so that's really convenient um, and then as I've said before you know find a friend with a pass in the event that uh, you don't yeah. you don't have one that's exactly right. I would also recommend wear comfortable shoes that kind of sounds obvious but it was really cold last year and I saw some people in like high heeled boots that were struggling when it was <laughs> muddy so wear comfortable shoes. Do we want to tell people? I mean, isn't that like part of the people? <laughs> like, you don't yeah. want to give away yeah, that. I don't mind. I think the heels are fine. Like, I don't can you do believe that person would be doing that? Yeah, I think, yeah, I appreciate that's 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 good counsel. It's, uh, right. co- comfortable walking shoes for sure. Uh, Jared always gives away some tickets. Two tickets to the Sunday round in Cousins Maine Lobster, which is very good, mm-hmm. by the way. We get the two weeks. Cousins Maine Lobster is good. It's fantastic. It's and they're part really of our good. Taste of Jack's area, yeah. which is pretty great. Absolutely. So, all right, give me a number. Give me oh. Caller number three. Caller number three right now. Caller number three, call 641-1010, and you are headed to the Sunday round of the Players' Championship. Oh, a th- my bad, Thursday round. Sorry about that. Give me a Thursday round and uh, and a gift certificate to Cousins Maine Lobster. So a Thursday round and Cousins Maine Lobster. Great to see you. Uh, get some rest. Will do. Right? Get some rest. I mean, it's beautiful weather out here. You're not stressed yet, are you? You don't no, stress at all. No, no. You know, we got this. Yeah, you <laughs> we got it under control. You all just come out, have a great uh, time, gonna, make us look good. Well, I can tell you this. We're going to have a good time. Okay, <laughs> have a, Jared, thanks, man. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Jared Rice from the Players' Championship. More in a moment. Stay with us. Welcome back to the program. We're live at Island Wing Company here in Bartram on a gorgeous, gorgeous Wednesday afternoon. 80 degrees here in on February 15th. Pitchers and catchers reported today. On this gorgeous day, you know it's gorgeous down south and all throughout Florida today. So uh, perfect for baseball. Oh my God, absolutely perfect for baseball. Speaking of which, the uh, the uh, walk-off tournament continues along today. We've got uh, Ponte Vedra and Sandalwood playing tonight. We've got we have got some really, really good. Deal. Wasn't it great? Wasn't it great the first the last two days we were out there? Wasn't it magnificent? It was. It was fantastic, and uh, I was really excited for my guy Liam O'Neill, uh, who was the player of the game for Providence yesterday. And uh, we're good friends with his parents, Tom oh, and nice. Christy. So okay. uh, congratulations to Liam. Super cool. Yeah, Providence beat Bishop Snyder 15-3. to And then Trinity Christian beat Fletcher 5-1 to today at 4 o'clock. St. Joe's against First Coast. And tonight at 7, Sandalwood versus Ponte Vedra. That's some good teams now. St. Joe's and First Coast. Uh, um, two former uh, professional pitchers going head-to-head. Stephen Barnes versus Eric Hurley's team. They're the two head coaches of those teams. And then tonight, Ponte Vedra and Sandalwood, two of the better programs in the, in the area. Two really good. Tim Moses, the Sandalwood coach, and Tom Stanton, of course, the Ponte Vedra coach. So, uh, boy, good baseball continues. Good Absolutely, baseball. it does. And I figure Providence feels pretty good about themselves scoring 15 runs yesterday. Yeah, they, they, uh, Providence has a good team now. Providence has a good team. And so uh, so they, you better believe they do. So it's a good tournament. It's all off to a good start uh, already. All right, Todd Munkin is uh, headed to the Ravens. You know, I know Monk pretty well. I said as he lived in my neighborhood, his first run with the with the uh, um, Jags. In fact, he, he either sold his house or rented his house in my neighborhood to um, Luke, quarterback, last name, drawn a blank. Brother, Del Rio? The, no, brother Josh. Josh and Luke. Oh, McCown. McCown. So he, he rented his house. That would rent, be pricey for Luke Del Rio. He, he, either, yeah, really, he either rented his house or sold his house to Luke McCown in our neighborhood. So, uh, so, he, so he lived there for a while. Um, 
he really wanted I guess he really wanted to get back to the NFL. I told you guys the story when he was when he went to the Browns, he almost went to Georgia. He told me that story. Nobody knew that. And then a year later he did go to Georgia. Um how does it affect Georgia? Well, I think it's a massive challenge. Uh now again, Georgia's at a point where this is probably the biggest challenge that Kirby Smart will face cuz obviously you've got talent figured out. Uh you've got winning at the highest level figured out you've put away the albatross of haven't won a national title in 40 something years so there aren't too many things that could be speed bumps for georgia but this is one i don't necessarily think it will be a speed bump but it's certainly something where kirby smart's going to have to now prove that with mike bobo as his offensive coordinator that georgia can still operate at a very high level on that side of the ball so uh, it's it's probably the biggest speed bump. I mean, short of like something astronomical, like you know some NCAA crisis. But just from an X's and O's and staff continuity standpoint, this is probably the biggest speed bump that Georgia could face. And so I I'm intrigued to see how they handle not having Todd Munkin. But everything that Kirby Smart touches right now turns to gold. So I've got no reason to think that they won't be fine but I do think it's a challenge I think to me the the bigger challenge will be transitioning from Stetson Bennett and everything that he became at Georgia to the next quarterback even though we think Carson Beck is going to be really good and has learned in that this system that certainly Todd Munkin had for several years now I think that's a challenge even though I questioned Stetson Bennett for two years because I think they have yeah everything else figured out it will be interesting because Bobo and Smart were teammates, but I don't, Bobo hasn't worked for Kirby Smart in the past, right? He yeah, worked for Mark Riggs. Correct. And Mike Bobo's a good coach. I, I don't know if he's a great coach, but my, Bobo, Bobo's a good – there's no question. Mike Bobo's a good, a good football coach. And nobody, nobody would debate the fact that he's a, he's a very good football coach. Now, so that, Georgia fans didn't like him, right? That, that, he, there was, he was early – everything was going kind of funky then uh, under Mark Rick. But he, I mean, he went to Auburn. He's been around a little bit. He was a head coach at Colorado State for a while. Correct. Uh, but, but, but I think Mike Bobo's a good football coach. I think he'll be fine. You said it best, Hayes. If you get a good, good, solid football coach, the most important thing is to get the ballers and they've, and they've got. They've got a lot of good players. I, uh, what I am interested about is the Carson Beck angle. I do think Monk and Carson Beck had developed a relationship. And now with him gone, I'll be interested to see. Now, I think, again, I think Mike Bobo's a good coach. Uh, I don't think there's a, I don't sense that there's a big drop off for Georgia. I've said this, and I'd be I'd be hypocritical if I said something different now. I have long believed I say long believed that's not correct. I have believed of late that it's really about the fours and the fives. That doesn't mean coaching doesn't matter. I want to clarify something. I said before coaching. I don't want to say coaching doesn't matter, but I think all the coaching has gotten so good that it's now about the fours and the fives. You with me on that? It's not that, well, you don't have to be a good coach. It's that it's harder to out-coach anybody anymore because the coaches are all pretty good. And it comes down to the guys that get the fours and the fives. you agree with that? I mean, I think it's more about that. Well, I know you do because you're the first person that said it. You said it three years ago. You said, you know, it's really about that now. But I really i have come aboard more than ever, I think. Yeah, I think now if you've got great talent, you've got to really screw it up for it not to develop and and not be really effective. And Georgia, Mike Bobo is going to have excellent talent to work with. And, I mean, he's going to have a defense that's always going to keep them in the game. They're not going to have to win 42 to 38 kind of games. So, yeah, I I think 
I think the only way it doesn't work is if Mike Bobo screws it up. And I think the probability of that's probably pretty low. Yeah, I'm trying to think, is there a coach that has a loaded roster that we think is a bad coach? It doesn't seem to happen in college football, right? Dabo Sweeney and Ryan right, Day right, and right, right. obviously Nick Saban yeah. and Kirby Smart. And it was Lincoln Riley. Like, we've never been like, oh, yeah, they've did a really bad job. Now, we questioned well, Kirby Smart for a little bit early on. In the early but, part of his but career, he people questioned whether or not he – the fake punt will always stay with him a little bit. Right. But people, but I, I mean, he was never the bad coach that people wanted to say he was. He, but nonetheless, he's a great coach now. But I, I just, I just find myself thinking more than ever. Again, I said that, and someone said, well, "Do you think coaching doesn't matter? Just recruiting?" I said, "No, no, I didn't say that. What I said was, I think all the coaching is so good now. You don't have an, I, in my opinion, in college football, I don't find teams that have an appreciable X's and O's difference. I find teams." that get more good players win the game. And I'm not saying it wasn't always that way. I'm guessing Bear Bryant recruited better players than anybody else did in the 60s and 70s. But I, I just feel like that. As for Munkin, Todd's 57. I'm starting to think that he's not going to be a head coach again. I, I just I don't sense that he's on. Now, if he lights it up in, with the Ravens, I don't know. Is he is he is he going to be on that path, or did that ship sail for him? I wouldn't think he's on that path. I would think he's on the path of – be an outstanding offensive coordinator for Baltimore and hope to stay there for a number of years. I, I wouldn't think that no matter how well it goes in Baltimore that Todd Munkin would get uh, a head coaching opportunity. Offensive version of Wink Martindale or Leslie Frazier, right? Yeah, he's yeah Vic Fangio. Yeah, an offensive kind of version. I, yeah, offensive version, a, a veteran. Because right now what we're seeing is these young offensive minds and these older veteran defensive minds in the league, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what it's been. Well, and Doug Peterson, who's more offensive, obviously. But I think nowadays in the NFL, if you're going to hire a head coach, you either go one of two routes. One, proven success in the NFL in the past. Or two, there is no track record, so you're just hoping that you're catching them on the upswing. Who are the esteemed – and by the way, one other point. In 2019, we all thought Joe Brady was this wonderkind, all of us. Turned out Joe Brady was fine. They won because they had Burrow and Chase and all those good players. Remember that, remember that though? Oh, we, yeah. At the time, we all thought, wow, what's this guy doing? Let's, get, let's, let's all go hire Joe Brady. The reality was he was a good coach. The reality is he was coaching three future Correct. ballot halls. And, yeah. and that's why they won, not because of anything great that Joe Brady did. But we didn't know that at the time. Right. So, um, so who are the esteemed assistant coaches in college football? I, I, can't, I can't think there's, you know, for the longest time – um, Venables. Yeah. Venables was. They but now got he's jobs. A, now he's a head coach. Well, that's right. And now he's a head coach. So, I mean, when I think of college football. Will Muschamp comes to mind. Will, well, Will Muschamp is a very – not that he's going to be a head coach again. Right. But he's a very esteemed assistant coach. You're right. That's a very good call. It's a name you know. Are there any other guys that jump, that jump out, out? There's not, is there? Not for a not while for there. Well, but you're right. They got jobs. Now, the, the, the pros still have them. But, uh, but if you think – I mean, I'm trying to think. I could not tell you who Ohio State's defensive coordinator is. Me neither. Is it uh, Jim Leonard? Yeah. It, is no. he still? Is well, I, he, did, I, he he didn't get the head. I don't even know. Yeah, I could not tell yeah, you. I, I couldn't tell you who it is. Jim yeah. Knowles. Jim Knowles. Okay. Could not have told you that. Okay, I could not. Have, I could not have told you. Um, Alabama just changed out to. Right. So, uh, Clemson. Who's Clemson's defensive coordinator? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you. Wesley Goodwin. Would not have known. Offensive coordinator. 
at Clemson now? <coughs> that would be Garrett Riley. He's the one who just got hired. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. th- but that's, that's kind of the point. The point is we just don't know anymore because it's about the fours and the fives. Right? Absolutely. And everybody runs the same thing. And everybody runs the same. And, so there's and really no pretty schematic. Well, correct. Like if you were – you couldn't get as a new head coach, you couldn't get in front of a podium right. and say with a straight face, we're going to have a schematic edge over every team we play, That's like right. Charlie Weiss claimed That's right. when he took the Notre Dame job. Like now you wouldn't even make that claim because everybody is basically running a version of the same offense. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's get it to the NFL. Todd McShay's got a mock. You ready for mock season? Love. Not, is it too early for mock season? Mocks. Early mocks. Uh, in, around here, we've been in mock draft season in the past <laughs> Way for earlier so long than this. now. So Way I'm, this. I'm loving that it's just uh, February 15th. I think McShay's got a good mock. We'll talk about it after this. We are live here at Island Wing Bartram Park. Today, but tomorrow we will be at the Jackson International Auto Show at the Prime Osborne Convention Center. If you would like to get a pair of VIP tickets to go to the show Friday or Saturday, be caller number five right now at 641-1010. Caller number five, 641-1010. You will win the pair of VIP tickets to the Jackson International Auto Show. Looking forward to going there tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun. I can't wait as well. We got a mock. You know what we got right now, though? Mock draft got season. Got a mock. Got a mock. Got a mock. Did you, uh, have you seen the McShay mock? I have not. You still have it. Looking forward to hearing you tell me all about it. Uh, well, I'll go through. I'll go through. What did you think of it, Lauren? What did you think of the mock? I think you did a pretty good job. Nothing too crazy. Uh, and I do expect a team to trade with the Bears at one. So that part doesn't surprise me. So he's got the Colts trading up to number one to get Bryce Young from Alabama. Yeah. No surprise there. Yeah. For, for me, number one, I, I thought a couple things. The first thing I thought about the mock was, that that I think the fact that he had the Colts trading out or the trading up, the Bears trading out, and Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is the best player in the draft. I think he's the best quarterback in the draft, let's say. Um, so I and, and everyone made a big deal about Ursay mentioned, hey, that Alabama guy's pretty good. Well, whether he said that or not, I do think the Colts are gonna try and go up and get it. I think that deal makes perfect sense to me. It almost comes across like the deal's done. It does. Because Ursay's tweeting out pictures of him. <laughs> riding a bear when he was a child and saying, I've always gotten along great with the Chicago Bears. He is a so, I mean, real and piece Look, he's done this before. When they traded for Trent Richardson, about an hour before that trade was consummated, Ursay sent out a tweet saying, trade wins a blowing. And everybody was like, <laughs> what's he talking about? And then an hour later, they had acquired Trent Richardson. And at the time, that was a blockbuster trade. Trent Richardson hadn't fallen apart right. uh, at that point yet. So it was still considered, I mean, that was for a first-round pick. Uh, so he has a past of tipping his hand. And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Colts seem like they're the favorite to aggressively move ahead of the Texans and, uh, and, and take Bryce Young, which I, I hope doesn't happen. Uh, I hope Bryce Young does not come to the AFC South. Uh, but I'm starting to realize there's probably no way around it. And yeah. he's most likely either going to the Colts or the Texans if the Texans decide to do the same thing that we were just saying that the Colts were going to do. So most likely, yes, he will be in the AFC South. So if you, look, if you look at the two things everyone wants to know about, A, what do the Jaguars do, and B, where does Anthony Richardson go? That's the one everyone's sort of talking about. All right, it's got, let's, let's not bury the lead here. He's got Richardson going to the Panthers ninth overall as the fourth quarterback. Fourth quarter, so he's got four quarterbacks in the top nine. Because he's, he's got Stroud going second, and then he's got to Levis. the Texans, and then he's got Levis going, which this surprised me, but he's got the Raiders drafting Will Levis. Yeah, so he's got Levis going. He's got 
that's right. He's got Levis going seventh to the Raiders, and then he's got Anthony Richardson ninth to Carolina. Does he have another quarterback in the first round? Is there a fifth first-round quarterback? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think See, so. that's going to be interesting to me is, is the gap between four and five that significant? Because it's not like once you get beyond the Panthers, nobody from 10 through 32 needs a quarterback. Right. Yeah. And so I'm curious to see as we get closer if – if the Hendon Hooker group <laughs> starts to get pushed up a little right. bit, because you just don't normally see that big of a separation right. between four and five. Now, Richardson could obviously fall, and if Richardson ends up coming off the board at like 19, right. then you, know, you may not see a, a fifth quarterback in there. And uh, no, he does not have any other quarterbacks going in the top 31. As for the Jaguars, he's got them taking wide receiver Jackson, Smith, and Jigbub from Ohio State. Okay. Now, you called an Ohio State game, but he did not play in that game, right? He did not play. I don't yeah. think he played all year, did he? he Barely. Yeah. 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 He did not. Maybe like the first yeah. game. Yeah. And by the way, I can tell you, uh, I saw. I think I saw the best receiver in the country that day. He did. He just wasn't eligible. He's just not yeah. eligible for the draft. He. I don't know that I've seen a better college receiver than Marvin Harrison Jr. in, in, in a number of years. He's, he, that, he's that good. He is ridiculously good. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 I mean, he, he, I think he's the best receiver in college football. He just can't, he can't be drafted yeah, yet. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, by the way, he played, Smith and Jigba played in just three games this season. Yeah, so he didn't play at the end. So, so, so here's the, so the Jags, first of all, this mock has the Jags taking Smith and Jigba. That seems, and I know they need receiver speed, and he's good now. When healthy, he's a really good player. That might surprise me a little bit in light of the Ridley thing. Maybe not. We'll see what else they do in free agency. But here's where I'm going to go with this. Two picks later, he's got the Cowboys taking Osiris Torrance. Okay? Now, I know, and, and by the way, it's not because he's a Florida guy. Don't, don't, don't read that into it. But he's a really good player. He's 336 pounds. He's a mauler. He's one of the safest players in yeah, the draft. Correct. Mm-hmm. I, and I know nobody has offensive line mocked to the Jags early. People have pass rusher and corner and receiver. But I'm, I'm watching this, and I'm thinking Smith and Jigba at 24 to the Jags. Osiris Torrance, two picks later to the Cowboys. He is a left guard by trade. Not just a guard, but he's a left guard. Boy, I could certainly see him there. I could certainly see the Jags. Would that do anything for you if, they, if he immediately became the Jags' starting left guard? Now, he'd have, now, Barch is their guy. Tyler Shatley played there this year. Would that bother you? It's not what I would do, uh, but it wouldn't bother me I mean I think that there's a lot to be said for we're gonna fortify the lines as best we can and uh, so I you know it's hard for me to ever criticize taking any lineman in the first round because big people beat up little people and so Osiris Torrance I think there's very little chance he's not going to be a very good NFL player so at 24 you're taking somebody that very well may have an all pro career ahead of him there's not going to be a lot of guys at 24 that you feel probably that uh, secure about. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it creates a, a line where, depending on what they do with Jawan Taylor, but worst-case scenario, even if Jawan Taylor leaves, your line is then basically Cam Robinson, Osiris Torrance, Fortner, Sheriff, Little. That's, pretty, that's a pretty talented five. Um, it's not what I would do. I would take Smith and Jigba in this case. They've got to start investing in receiver. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the first round, but if a player like that is there, because I think if he'd been healthy all year, he's easily the top receiver in this draft, and he's probably going top seven. So for me, you're getting a massive discount to get, get this player at 24. And, and I just look at it, Christian Kirk, very expensive contract. 
Zay Jones, probably 2023 might be his last year here. Calvin Ridley, you don't really know about. You've yet to, you've yet to work with him, and you're going to pay him $11 million this year on the final year of his fifth-year option. So you've got to make some pretty big decisions with your top three guys. It would make a lot of sense to bring in a rookie on a very reasonable four-year contract with a fifth-year option uh, at the receiver position. So I, I would love it. I'd love that pick. I don't think he's going to be there. Uh, but if he's there, I would absolutely love the pick. I would love a wide receiver pick, but I would like a bigger guy. He's six one, Smith and Jigbas. I'll take a receiver more like Quentin Johnson, the TCU guy. If he was there, he may not be. But I want a, a bigger receiver because they don't have that at this point in time. But as far as Torrance goes, I don't remember us talking throughout the football season saying, man, the Jaguars really need to improve that interior position on the left side as far as the guard position goes. I thought Tyler Shatley did a great job all season long. And, yes, they already have Ben Bartz there. So I would think that that's a little bit farther down the list. Uh, Back to this uh, mock for a second. If it goes this way, Colts trade up, take Bryce Young. The Texans pick second, take C.J. Stroud. How does that affect the division? I think Bryce Young, you know, has a chance to be good. I, I think he's head and shoulders the best one of this group. So it would concern me having Bryce Young come into the league. And, I look, I understand the, the size concerns. Well, this team can't tackle a quarterback right now. So I don't think, you know, from a Jaguars perspective, you're scoffing at Bryce Young's size. Well, you've got to go tackle him. I mean, you haven't proven you can sack anybody with any regularity. So uh, I, I would be concerned about Bryce Young uh, coming into this division. Uh, I hope with the other three, I hope they end up in the AFC South. That's my <laughs> hope. I hope that Levis and Stroud and Richardson, that those are the teams. I Even hope. Stroud? Yes. You don't love Stroud? No. How about you? I think Stroud's pretty good. I, th- I think those two, and I, like I've said, I think Hendon Hooker is better than Levis and Richardson. Uh, Bryce Young is a dangerous player because, as we talk about with Jalen Hurts, he makes plays off schedule, and he did not have a very good offensive line, and yet he still was able to do what he did this season. Yeah, I, for me, I, 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 I'm going to have to see it from both Levis and Richardson. I agree with you, or both of you, and, and I'm going to have to see it from them. That doesn't mean I don't respect and understand and acknowledge that the traits are there with both. Big, strong guys, athletic guys, good runners, big bodies, great arms. I see that on both. I have not seen great quarterback play from either. I think Bryce Young is really good, man. I, I, think, if, I think if Bryce Young was bigger, he's Patrick Mahomes. I, that's who I think he is. He's just not big enough. He's so, he's so small that I think that, that could affect him from a health standpoint. Uh, or whatnot. Boy, I think he is a really good player. I think C.J. Stroud's a good player. I, I don't know that I think he's as good as, as Bryce Young, but I think he's good. I mean, having him, the game I had him, I've seen him on TV enough. Boy, I, his decisions, the ball comes out, he spins it. He looks like a seasoned veteran quarterback. Not particularly athletic. He could run if he has to, but he's not much of a runner. But, I mean, he is a – I think he's a really, really, really good player. So, Almost beat George's defense. Yeah, I mean, I, he's, I'm telling you, he's good, man. I, he is a really good player. He's better than I thought he was. You ever watch a guy play and you hear all the hype and they don't live up to the hype? And sometimes they do. Rarely is a guy better than the hype. You know what I mean? Rarely is a guy better than the hype. Uh, when I, ha- I did the Ohio State-Maryland game this year, he was better. He, Lauren, he was better than the hype. That's how good I thought he was. 
Yeah, no, he's. I think he's really good too. And but certainly, there's a massive adjustment between going from being a good college player to being a good NFL player. In this mock draft, Hayes McShay has the Titans taking Paris Johnson Jr. offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Makes sense. It was their fatal flaw. I mean, it was it was their biggest weakness by a mile was the offensive line, and so it would make a lot of sense. That's a pick again where they're obviously looking to stay in it and stay as relevant as they can. Uh, and and to not go, uh, you know, not move up or, or try and improve their quarterback situation. So, yeah, I think a, a left tackle for the Titans yeah. makes all the sense in the world. If this thing's right, the Texans will have added D'Amico Ryans, who my gut tells me is going to be good. I think he's going to be a good coach. Um, C.J. Stroud, who I just told you how good I think he is, and Quentin Johnson. That, that would be three newcomers into that building that we know about before there's any free agency or any other draft picks. I would tell you – D'Amico Ryans is your coach. C.J. Stroud is your quarterback you drafted. Quentin Johnson, you draft 12 overall. I would say just those three things tell me the, t- the Texans, it may be a while, are going to be a good franchise or a, a much-improved franchise. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's a good start, you know, yeah. for the Texans. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, again, I, it's not that I don't think Stroud is going to be a disaster, but I don't know that I see him being a difference maker in the next couple of years. And, of course, the Texans already have Damian Pierce and Daria Gumbawale. That's right. As far as running backs. Yeah, yeah. well, they have Damian Pierce. Can they get, can they get their hands on Malik Davis? I heard that's, that, that's the goal. Yeah, right. That's the goal, and let Pierce back him up is what I'm told. Because Daquan Rice's not available, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> Believable. Um, other things that have jumped out, uh, obviously, we told you about some of the principal guys. Will Anderson, third overall. Isn't he about as can't miss? And I know it's hard to have can't miss – pass rushers but isn't he about as can't miss as there is in the draft too? i think so i mean jalen carter and will anderson to me yep. are one and two and then there's a gap and then maybe bryce young and then there's a bigger gap i uh, it just to me it this is a tough year to to me have a top 10 pick unless you just desperately need a quarterback but uh you know i i think it's uh i think it's a pretty weak draft once you get beyond jalen carter and uh will anderson um one other guy what do you think of Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame? In, a, in, in clearly the most prominent tight end era in NFL history. That doesn't mean there haven't been great players before. John Mackey was a great player. Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates and Gronk were great players. But we're in the most prominent tight end period, in my mind, in NFL history. How good do you think Mayer is? I think he's good. Um, I don't think he's as, as good as what he's being billed as. Uh, but I think he's a very solid prospect. I would not want to take him at 24. Um, and the fact that it's deep at that position, I probably wouldn't draft him, I, you know, because he's not going to be there by the time you get to the second round uh, if you're the Jaguars. So uh, for me, uh, he catches the ball with his body too much. He's, he's exciting, but he's not really speedy. And so to me, I think, I think he's a solid prospect. I think he's a bit overrated. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, you know who's not overrated? Ted freaking Lasso. That's right. Ted's back. Stay with us. All right, your second chance to win a pair of tickets to go see Jason Aldean at Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena coming up Friday, August 25th, is right now. Be caller number two at 641-1010. Caller number two at 641-1010. 
and you get to go see Jason Aldean alongside Mitchell Tenpenny, Corey Kent, and DJ Silver. We have one more pair of tickets to give away, so make sure you keep on listening and try to win those before you can buy them. The tickets do not even go on sale until Friday morning at 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Ted Lasso's coming back. I can't wait. March 15th. Favorite character? I think it has to be Roy Kent for me. <laughs> How can Roy not be one of the favorites? He's got he's, to he's make the list for everybody, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Favorite character? Uh, Give me a list outside of, of him, yeah. I would say, I mean, I think Ted Lasso's great. He's the best character. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he's much more why it's great. Yeah. Uh, I love the owner. Um, Rebecca? Rebecca. Um, I mean, I love them all. I think it's one of the best comedy ensembles ever the created. The casting is spectacular. Yeah, I mean, there's not a single person that I think you would you would change out. Even, like, Jamie, who plays. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's kind of played a, more of a bad guy than right. a good guy. The actor has done such a good job with the character that yeah. now he's very likable. And I wanted to punch his dad, Jamie's dad. Right. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, – I uh, everybody Keely you love, right? Love Keely. Yeah. She's funny, really funny. Roy Kent would be first, I think, like for all of us. Roy Kent would be first. Uh, Keeley's way up there. Obviously, Ted Lasso's way up there. Uh, yeah, I love Rebecca. I think I, I think every – I love Higgins. You like Higgins? Yeah. How do you not love Higgins? Everybody loves Higgins. What right? was the name of the club that they have where they all get in and talk about problems? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Higgins and Be- Beard's great, too. Beard yeah, Beard is, is really good. Lasso and uh, – boy, I can't remember what the, no. the name know. of their group is. But by, by the way, did you, did you know, and I did not know this, Beard, who's played by Brendan Hunt. Brendan Hunt helped write and create a creator. Theater, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's cool. Because yeah, he, he, he's fantastic. Yeah. And I did not like the episode that was all about Beard. I that didn't was either. That was dark. That was cool. Wasn't that when they were like trying to they fill had throw time? In. They had a throw-in. Yeah. That was a throw-in. That was a throw-in. Big one. time. Big time filler episode. So where does it go? Where does this thing go? Because w- obviously Nate's the bad guy, right? Yep. I would imagine that the season is geared largely around – you know, the competition between Richmond and uh, Nate's team. And, you know, other than that, who knows where they'll take it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's – I think it's got a chance to be one of the best seasons that we've seen in TV history. And this I mean, is I it, right? A, this is the last one, right? I think I, they've strongly hinted that this is going to be the last one. I don't know that they fully committed to this being it. But, uh, but I, think, I think that's the belief is that this is probably going to be their last season. And uh, obviously we'll know, uh, I'm sure, as we get closer to the finale. Because I would imagine that Apple traditionally has released an episode each week. They haven't allowed you just to binge it. Right, right. Right. So I would imagine as it gets closer to the finale, they'll probably announce whether this is actually it or if they're coming back. Diamond Dogs. Diamond Dogs. Uh, By uh, by the way, um, we discovered Ted Lasso. By binging it late, right? We, I, I can remember, and I tell you how we found it. We, it was during the it was during the uh, pandemic, and so we weren't taking big vacation travel. We weren't flying, so we, we rented a, a condo down at Milano Beach. That we we had not done that before. In fact, we met you guys for dinner. Mm-hmm. One of those that that week we met y'all for dinner mm-hmm. um, when you came down to Milano uh, to, to have dinner with us. The uh, and it was a wonderful place we rented, but they had cut the cord. So there was no cable TV. So we were looking through the different streaming services. And I said, I told Suzanne, hey, I've heard all about this. We watched the first one. Before you know it, we'd watched eight of them. You, <laughs> could, you, couldn't, you couldn't stop, you know. So I watched Ted. Did you do that? Did you watch Ted last? You, you've, 
you uh, binged it too because you started watching way after the fact too, right? Yeah, and I'm glad I did it like that because Me too. it's so good. So the first season I binge watched, then the second season I had to wait Same. each week, and I was like, this Same. is painful. It's such a good show. Such a great show. And, uh, yeah, it was the same way. Binge the first season, then was caught up going into season two. And uh, it, it's, it's really, it, for, a, for a TV sitcom, it's about as, to me, as close to a masterpiece through two seasons as you could be. Now, it's not going to hit the zenith of some other, you know, great comedic shows because they just went on much longer. Uh, but for if, if this is it, if they have a spectacular third season, you're going to be hard-pressed, in my opinion, to find uh, a series from start to finish that was as sensational as Ted Lasso. But it's, you know, the expectations now are yeah. huge. Well, I mean, we're not just expecting a Super Bowl here. Right, that's we're right. expecting a uh, perfect season. Well, what, are, what are the other, at least American ones, ones we've seen on American television, what are the other... Um, sports-related shows or sitcoms. I'm trying to think. The White Shadow, you guys don't remember. It was when no. I was a kid. It, it was, was great. Coach with Craig T. I was Nelson. Thinking, Coach I loved with, Coach. Coach came to mind to me. Coach, Coach with Craig T. Nelson. You've heard about The White Shadow. I actually haven't. Okay. The Super 70 Sports tweets about it all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. You, Ken Howard was the basketball coach and of, of a kids from the inner city. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was really good. But I'm trying to think. Coach, we all remember. Uh, I never watched Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Did you watch it? I did not. Did you watch it? No. I never got into it. I heard it was good. Yeah, yeah was, some people loved it. It was supposed to be very good. So I'm trying to think if there's other TV shows, a lot of movies about sports. Right. But are there any TV series that were based around sports, a sports team, a player? I or mean, probably c- missing something? Kind of, because Costanza was assistant GM <laughs> to the traveling secretary <laughs> yeah. for the Yankees. So <laughs> got to throw Seinfeld in there. But, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's sitcoms about sports teams. I can't think of any. Could there be four actors less athletic than the four yeah. that were on Seinfeld? There was a great – HBO had a, a show I thought was fun, but I was a little kid, uh, called uh, First and Ten, I think it was. With uh, It had, like, Lawrence Taylor and uh, Shannon Tweed was, like, the – Oh, I think Vaguely. first and ten. Shame on me for not yeah. knowing the right. reference. I'm um, scolding myself yeah. as we speak. Um, it was something like it was a. It was more of like a a, a really loose yeah. comedy, right? Pretty raunchy. Yeah, I got. But couple. it was based on this professional football team. I got a couple for you. Brock, as a ten-year-old, I loved it. Brock Meyer. Oh yeah, Brock Meyer. Brock Meyer was pretty. Good. Brock Meyer was good. That was really good. Um, what about Ballers? I on never HBO. watched it. Do you ever watch Ballers? Mm-hmm. I watched it a little bit. I wa- you, we all watched Brockmire. I mean, Brockmire was great. Yeah. yeah. The uh, I don't know that I ever finished it though. I, I think I don't, I did not. Yeah, I don't know that I ever got through all of it. The yeah. first season I really liked. I don't know that I watched the second season of Brockmire. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Th- I cannot remember hardly any playmakers. That was that was on ESPN. Yeah. I cannot remember hardly any others though. There's been very very few, haven't there? If you think about it, I mean, not, not movies. There's plenty of movies about it. But as far as television shows, very, very few. It yeah. must be difficult to shoot. It is. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to find the actors. Right. You know, I mean, it, it depending on, you know, like, if you're going to do a, a football series. Um, I watched Winning Time, which is yeah, you did, sports you? related. I just, I found and that had some humor. I thought that was really good. I think y'all would enjoy that. I found a little. I, I, yeah, I started watching it. The problem I had with Winning Time is – the Jason Clark, who played Jerry West, was so off the mark of what Jerry West was, and I was a big Jerry West fan, that it was hard for me. That was so unrealistic that Jerry West was not that guy to slamming and breaking his golf club. 
He was too poised for that. He might not have liked it, but he was never that guy. And so that was that. I knew that that was so off the mark that it was hard for me to yeah. to get. Uh, I found a list that said best ones ever, best TV shows ever about sports. This says Friday Night Lights number one, Ted Lasso number two. Now, now that's high praise, being that it just started. Yeah, it's got Sports Night number three about the TV. You remember, remember yeah, Sports Night? Yeah, I never watched that. I didn't either. And then, then, then the rest of the ones I've never heard of. So, so there's not been very many. So, interesting. Um, Raquel Welch died. died. Did you see that? I did see that. At the age of 82. That is sad. Raquel Welch dead at the age of 82. Um, I would say she, and again, this is when I was growing up as a kid, would you say as far as women that were ever considered the most beautiful women in the world, Marilyn Monroe and her? Were the, the, they were the two? I, I, I would think. That's, uh, an I mean, that's, it's, all, it's all opinion. But yeah, I mean, I mean that's an era before my time, but, but those, that's uh, sort of wait, the, and Mar- the legend. And is. Marilyn Monroe's before my time, too. But, uh, but those, I'm trying to think, has anybody else been roundly considered that as those two were in their stretches? Now, maybe that's because there's more people around and there's more exposure to yeah. more people. I yeah, feel like question. if you go back in time, like a Grace Kelly or an Audrey Hepburn. Or Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, those yeah, are man. names that resonate. You're right. You're right. And, again, all of those are before all of our times, even Marilyn Monroe. Raquel Welch isn't before my time. Sophia Loren. Yes, yes. Okay. So, but, but, I mean, I guess nobody got that, that moniker recently or more local because there's too many beautiful women in movies and yeah, whatever. I would say. And, like, you had the era of the supermodels. Yeah. And so it was hard for one to be, like, point. the real Good point. Um, head and shoulders ab- above everyone but, uh, else. But I'll tell you this. As a kid growing up in the – who was born in 58, grew up in the 60s and was a teenager in the 70s, you knew who Raquel Welch was now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you knew, I mean, there there was no chance, there was no chance you didn't. She was in a roller derby movie, Casey. You remember that Casey mm-hmm. something, Casey Bomber? Okay. Raquel Welch is a roller derby queen was spectacular. I bet. I remember. In case you're wondering, in case you're wondering, yeah. it doesn't get much better than Raquel Welch is a roller derby. I'm just here to tell you. Yeah. You 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 guys are both born too late, and mm-hmm. I feel bad for you. You too, Gibby. I, I remember she had a great cameo in one of the Naked Gun movies. Yes. I think it was the sequel, uh, one of the sequels, where they're at, like, the Academy Awards, and Drebin has to pretend that he's Phil Donahue to get up on stage, so he's presenting an award with Raquel Welch. Right. And it's I remember it's that. the third one, 33 yeah. the third and a third, one. yeah. yeah. The, uh, 1994, the final her, insult. The biggest, the uh, Kansas City Bomber and uh, A Million B.C., was that her other big one? What, what yes. that the one she's most famous for? That's the for? one where the, it's the poster. Yeah, that's the one, she's, yeah. Really that's the one she's most famous yeah. for, right? I that, think so. That was the one she, I mean, that is, you know. Because she, she's also, this also ties her into, uh, you know, other generations is she's, that's the poster, one of the posters Andy Dufresne has on his wall, it's Shawshank. Okay. The first oh, okay. one that's is right. Rita Hayworth. That's right. That's and right. And then Rita Hayworth gives way to, I think, the Raquel poster. Gotcha. Or something like that. And she's in that conversation, too, Rita okay. Hayworth. All right. Speaking of actresses, i got a question for you. Okay. Best Susan Day. Partridge Family <laughs> Susan Day. <laughs> L.A. Law Susan Day. I forgot. We had this debate yeah, off last air. week. We did it off yeah. air. We didn't know uh, I'm going with L.A. Law Susan Day because I like the sophistication. That's, that's like, super hot to me. Just understand this. Hayes Carlin from the Bowl School. I was born in 58. Yeah. So I was 12 and 70. I was 13 and 71. Stay with me on this, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. All right. So I was of the uh, ilk that I hung around to watch Marsha Brady and, and whatever her name, Lori Partridge, okay? <laughs> okay. 
Did you know she was Lori Partridge? Yeah, I I Just wasn't saying. all that familiar with that, but I I you can't go wrong with either era. Has this moved yeah. the needle for you at all? Do you even know who Susan Day is? No. Okay. No idea. Okay, Susan. But Day. I'm always a bad test case because yeah. I didn't I haven't watched a ton of. She was in a movie called Looker. Movies. That was a good movie. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Would you say that Sofia Vergara is today's? Like modern era Raquel Welsh? Yeah, a little. They're similar. Yeah, okay. I would, uh, I, I, not as distinct, not as. In the 70s, there was Raquel Welch and everybody else. Okay. I don't know that there's Sophia yeah. and everybody else. Sure. But, but yeah, yeah, I can, I, there are certainly some similarities, you know, look similarities and the charisma of how she carried herself. I thought that as well. All right, let's take a break. Speaking of people uh, getting a certain age, Michael Jordan is 60. It's unreal. Got a thought or two about MJ. And stay he's w- still better than LeBron. And he's still better. <laughs> Back in a moment, stay with us. That was Ray Clay, by the way. Did you know that? Ray Clay. Ray Clay is who that was. Gibby, did you know it was Ray Clay? I didn't know his name, but I I knew the voice. Yeah, yeah, you better believe it. Michael Jordan is 60 years old. Gave a magnificent yeah, gift. Yeah, uh, I say six. He's sixty in two days. Uh, make a wish. Ten million dollars today. Ten million dollars. The largest gift ever for Make a Wish. And he turned sixty in two That's days. It's a good way to celebrate your birthday. I guess it's it is. Be magnanimous. Is uh, we always talk about. By the way, again, let me remind you, people that haven't seen the Super Seventy Sports tweet on Michael Jordan, please go find it. Yes. Uh, please realize it's correct. Uh, it is said uh, spectacularly, and I think it's complete. Essentially, uh, for those that don't want to go see it. He said, um, for anybody under 30 who thinks LeBron is better than Michael Jordan, you need some coaching. For anybody that over 30 that thinks LeBron is better than Michael Jordan, you're blanking stupid. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's what he said. Very well said. You're blanking stupid. So, um, is he the greatest team sport athlete ever? Uh, for my money, yeah. But, I mean, I again, it's hard for me to – compare him to Babe Ruth, somebody who obviously Because that's was, the comparison, yeah, right? I mean, I, to me, he's light years ahead of Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, light yeah, me years. Too. me too. I mean, Tom Brady went like a decade without winning the Super Bowl. I'm with you. I mean, Michael Jordan, if it wasn't for the gambling or whatever, the retirement, Michael Jordan would have won nine, ten titles. Yeah. I mean, he, he never was stopped. LeBron's been stopped. He's won a lot, but he's been stopped. No one ever stopped Jordan. Once he got going. And so, uh, yeah, to me, it, it would be Jordan. And, and, again, this is coming from somebody who didn't pull for Michael Jordan when he played, you know. And so, but there's no denying that I think he's the most unstoppable team athlete we've ever seen. Why is it in the NFL we crown Tom Brady as the greatest of all time because of Super Bowl rings, but in the NBA we don't crown Bill Walsh as the GOAT because of the, Super, or the NBA championships? Yeah, or Bill Russell, you mean? Russell, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's um, what I meant. Thank you. That's a, it's a good question. It's a good question because because uh, because the the great barometer on Brady are the titles, and the reason I always said Montana over Marino was the titles. You know, so uh, but that's a great point. And, and in basketball, we we kind of say it too. So you're right. Your point, the fair point. Bill Russell, as many titles as it was a great player, but the Celtics had all the good players then. They had all – I mean, they had more good pl- – that, that team had more good players than anybody else in the league, or they couldn't have won it as many times as they did. And, and they shared the ball. I mean, Sam Jones was great. Casey Jones was great. John Havlicek was great. I mean, they had, they had great players. I mean, I, when I was a little kid, I couldn't remember that because my dad was a fan of their team. So I, I, I can remember that 
watching those as a little kid. But, but I think I would say that jo- the conversation with Jordan would almost ha- have to be Babe Ruth and Jordan. Now I've heard people say they think younger people think Barry Bonds is a better player than, or Griffey than Babe Ruth. You've lost your mind. Babe, Babe Ruth, again, hit 714 home runs when nobody else was anywhere near it, well before the game changed the way the game has changed to now. So well before that, so he did that. That's A. B, in addition to those 714 home runs, he batted 342. Think about that if someone's got a 342 batting it's average. unreal. And he had 100 big league wins as a pitcher over. You know, so, so obviously he was the greatest. The one guy I wonder about, because I don't know enough about the sport to, to enter him into the conversation, is Gretzky. Was Gretzky as great in his sport as Jordan was his or greater? That's my question. And I don't know enough about it. And I don't know. either, but it doesn't feel like hockey – again, this is so tough to say because, I mean, I, I'm my purview to this is so limited Same. being a Florida guy who doesn't pay much attention. But it doesn't feel, at least from my perspective – that Gretzky is considered like, I mean, he like head and shoulders. The he's, I think he's the best to ever do it. It doesn't seem like it gets. Maybe it's because he hasn't had as many challengers as Jordan has had in his sport. Yeah, uh, and people in our world don't talk about like. He I said, mean, he's clearly the best. That's the big thing. Yeah, he's clearly the best hockey player. But is it is it you know stratospherically above everyone else? <laughs> I, it doesn't feel that way to me, but I, 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 guess, I guess the reason I and, and I don't either. And listen, I, hockey fan, listen, is tell us how dumb we are. We admit we're dumb. Oh, okay, yeah. we don't we don't pretend to know hockey, and I don't pretend to. So I want to be fair about you that. Might as well be talking about cricket. But but I but I can tell you, they're about the same age. Okay, they're 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 literally two years apart in age. So they played in the exact same era. They're they're literally two years apart. And as great as Gretzky was. And maybe it's because hockey doesn't get the attention in this country that basketball does, and we invented basketball. But I just don't get the sense that as great as he was, people fawned over him quite like they did Jordan. Because they're the same era. I mean, I mean Gretzky, Gretzky turned 62 a month ago or, or a couple weeks ago. Jordan's going to turn 60 in a couple days. So they're, they're, they're right there together. But Jordan is a global brand, so he also since retiring. Great point. His... His greatness has gotten even greater, if that makes sense. That's a good. That's a really good point. He stayed relevant as well. But I can tell you, even then, before before any of that happened, before before any of that happened, I found myself thinking that this guy was there. There were no peers. But Brett, Gres, wouldn't Gretzky be the only other guy that we could enter into this conversation? I think so. Yeah, I, I think so. And and again, to me, it's to me, it's Jordan, and I just don't think I'll ever see more of an assassin. At what he did than Michael Jordan. Well, I mean, he just any time right. he had to come through, he came through, and and he was just and he was amazing as a defender. I mean, he just did everything at such an incredible level. Uh, to me, he's he's the ultimate winner. He's the ultimate competitor, and he's the ultimate great player. An assassin. It's interesting you use that word because that's how a lot of football players, fellow football players, would call Tom Brady, based off of the way he was able to diagnose everything. But I, I still think if you're watching highlights of each of these players that we've talked about, maybe Babe Ruth aside because there's not great video of that, 
you still would gravitate towards, oh my gosh, more times when watching Michael Jordan than any of these other ones that we've talked about. Yeah. So I get the sense Jordan frustrated his opponents way more than Brady, who certainly did it at a very high level. Um, I, again, I, having lived through it, that's all I can say. And I yeah. understand if you're if you didn't live through the Jordan right. era, right. I understand how you probably listen to this and you can't relate to it, and it sounds over the top. I've lived through the Jordan era, and I've lived through the LeBron era. And I'm telling you empirically, without any hesitation, Michael Jordan is the better player. 100%. And, I, and, I, and there's no doubt about that. Football's hard. See, the one thing all the other sports have, other than, go, other than being the goalie, every hockey player is either trying to score goals or cover someone. Or, or, or check someone, whatever. In basketball, every player at some point is trying to score, rebound, or defend, or pass. They're all doing the same thing. In, in, in most sports, other than a goalie, they're all trying to, even baseball, other than a pitcher, everybody's trying to hit and field. So they're all doing the same things. Football is the one sport that they all do different stuff. Quarterbacks pass. Receivers just catch. Running backs just run. Offensive linemen just block. Defensive players try to tackle or intercept, right? So it's hard. I mean, realistically, who was the better player, Tom Brady or Jerry Rice? Jerry or, Rice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Lawrence or, Taylor was better as a player than Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 and I don't know if I'll go there. Tom Brady might have been better than them as player, or they might have been better than him. It's just hard for me to tell. You know what I mean? It's just hard. Was Jerry Rice better at being a receiver than Tom Brady was at being quarterback? Was Lawrence Taylor better at being a pass rusher than those two guys were? There, it's just it's too hard to tell because the positions are so different. Yeah, absolutely. The skill sets. I think each were excellent at their yeah. individual skill sets. All right. So here's a list from the Athletic. Team sports. This is just greatest athletes of all time. Because then you got to factor in Muhammad Ali and Tiger and all of the, so the individual sport guys. And if it includes Secretariat, I'm going to puke. <laughs> uh, number one, Bo Jackson. Okay. Well, okay. Greatest athletes of all time. Yeah, that's the most athletic people. Correct. Okay. Two, Deion Sanders. Yeah. Three, Michael Jordan. Four, Michael Phelps. Five, Muhammad Ali. Okay, I would put. And Us- six is Gretzky. Since I would have him. Usain Bolt ahead he of all. He's seven. Of them. I'd have him ahead of all of them. If, if if it's the best athlete, I have. I'd have him ahead of all of them. If it was me. See, to me, that doing a list like this is so incredibly difficult because I don't know that you can argue that Bo Jackson is a better athlete than Deion Sanders. Well, yeah, right. Well, what, see, they're, they're, they're using a lot of criteria. They're, they're mixing. Yeah. They right. I they're, agree. Bo Jackson's a great athlete who was good at multiple sports, as was, as was Dion. Dion. But it, it, what you, if, you're, if, you're, if your definition of athlete is run, jump, strong, fast, athlete, fast, agile, strong, it might be Bo if, if it's all those things. But I think Usain Bolt was faster than all of them, Okay. I don't know that he wasn't stronger because I've never seen him lift weights, right? He's faster than all of them. So, so. And to me, there's also a, a difference when you're talking about athletes. The athletes, the run, jump, and all that, that's one kind of athlete. And then there's the hand-eye coordination, sure. which is a different kind of athlete. And a lot of people have to have both if they're going to play those right. types the of sports. Right, the hand-eye coordination guys were always looked at as good at sports but not necessarily more athletic. The athletic guys were looked at as athletic, you know. So I mean, I uh, and you can't have Michael Phelps that high. Right, yeah. I mean, you just can't. I mean, it's <laughs> I, nothing I, against that. I kind he, of agree with you. Just can't have him that. But high, I mean, I, here's a guy. By the way, first female on the list, Venus Williams, number twelve. 
Okay. I, okay. Venus over Serena. Venus over Serena. Isn't that interesting? That is. When, interesting. Uh, that is, and this is the athletic, yeah, so it's yeah. not like this came out 20 years ago. Correct. No, and it was just updated, but lots of people agree with your comments. But I mean, think about some of the stuff we're talking about. Good at sports or good at your sport and being athletic are totally different. I couldn't tell you how fast he could run or how much weight he could lift, but I would take Greg Maddox at what he did at 5'11, 180, and couldn't throw. Give me what's give me what do you figure Maddox topped out at? 85, 88, 88, right? Yeah, I mean, I would almost say like 86, but maybe yeah. 86. Yeah, maybe 86. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, if maybe you you're re- right. Maybe if you reached back for a little more, he might have got 88. That's probably right. That's probably give me said it right. He's Would probably, he even get a chance now? Well, the game's changed so much. I mean, you know, I mean, that, it's remarkable yeah, to me because because Greg Maddox was unhittable and never threw ninety, and was and was on, a right-hander who never threw ninety and was unhittable. So no, probably not. The game's changed so much. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Now Greg Maddox was seventeen in the year twenty twenty three. We're not confident now, he'd get a chance. Now my guess is I always say this all the time. If Greg Maddox had today's nutrition and tra- weight training, and 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 that he probably would throw 97, like Verlander does. He wouldn't throw 101. You know what I mean? He would probably yeah. throw. I say this about Jim Brown all the time. Those guys that are bigger, stronger, faster than Jim Brown. Well, if Jim Brown, who was six one, what two thirty five, right, and ran over everybody, if he had today's weight training. He'd be 6'3", 260, and still faster than everybody. Right. You know, so I mean. Jim Brown is 10th on this list. Jim, Jim Brown was, was great, great, great. So, again, that list just kind of mixes. It does. It's just always fun for me. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a great list. It's a lot of fun. So, all right, we'll take a break. Uh, we've got a lot more to do. Glad you're with us here at uh, Island Wing Company. Stay with us. She had a shiny little femur with the rack top down. Sitting in the drive, but she wouldn't get out. The dogs were all barking and a wagon around. All right, your final chance to win them before you can buy them. That's right, to go see Jason Aldean with Mitchell Tenpenny, Corey Kenton, DJ Silver. They are coming to the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena Friday, August 25th. Caller number one at 641-1010. If you recognize that this was Jason Aldean very quickly, you are going to be rewarded. Call number one at 641 10 10 congratulations to our earlier winners thomas and steve they got the first two pairs of tickets final pair of tickets right now of course they go on sale on friday at 10 a.m at ticketmaster.com Corey kent by the way an up-and-coming guy that i wanted to go see in a couple weeks but it just doesn't work out because we're going to be at the combine but uh he's playing at a brewery in sarasota and i love you guys know i love intimate venues like that before they get big but we'll be in indianapolis Corey kent Corey kent Yes. He only has one song out on the radio right now. I've listened to a ton of his stuff before he uh, made it to the airwaves, but I really like him. Will he play his one song that that you know? (laughs) I guarantee he'll play the one song. I just won't be there to see it. I think this was the best coconut shrimp we've had. That was fantastic. God, that was absolutely fantastic. It really was. It was piping hot, which is delicious. I may may or may not have had lunch here, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I might have had double double dipped. I mean, I I started off with the coconut shrimp. Did you Um, eat all the coconut shrimp at lunch? No, there there were were four of us. Oh, okay. So we all had two. I was going to be very impressed. Salmon, wings, or salad? A salad. 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 Yeah, just salad time of year. Yeah. Inside the business, whenever we are finished with the show and we go to sit down to eat dinner, we always say, we don't need a menu. Thank you, though. That's exactly (laughs) right. So my friend Jessica Blaylock. Went to the uh, Rod Stewart show last night, and she uh, texted me Maggie May when he was playing it, um, so I could hear some Maggie May. 
And uh, and I, I was telling you guys during the break, Blaylock sent me that at about 8.40, 8.30, 8.40. And I'm thinking, that's awfully early for Maggie May and a Rod Stewart show, right? I mean, I would think unless he started at 5. Yeah. <clears throat> so it turns out um, the, the czar of Google, uh, Lauren Brooks out of St. Joseph's Middle, pulled up the set list. And Rod Stewart played Maggie May ninth out of 21 songs? It's hard to believe. I mean, I mean, really? Hard to believe. Ninth. That would be, uh, see, this is why you should always look at a set list before you go see (laughs) a show, particularly if it's an artist that you're really excited to see. Yeah. Because that's probably where he plays it most nights. And that would be my guess. So, because the set list you were looking at was not from last night. No, they do not have the one up yeah, from last right. night. They so have basically, it up so right. we know that at, he's played Hollywood. Maggie May early now in two shows. So again, that would be so awful to go see Rod Stewart, and you're you know you're like you're, he's played like eight songs. She's like, okay, I'm gonna go get a beer now, go to the bathroom, and you're in line or you're you're right. doing your thing. Maggie Mayfair. Kidding me? Yeah. I mean, imagine being blindsided. Right. So always look at the set. I would have expected Forever Young to be one of the last songs, too, and and that's very early as well. And and, and apparently he didn't play You Wear It Well. He did not. Wow. Now, in another set list I'm looking at from Northern Ireland, he did. He must have just been overseas uh, mm-hmm. and then came here. He did play it in that He one. did play He played it second. He does a ton of covers. Yeah, yeah. He, they all love doing covers because they're all, they're all music fans. He sure. did, I thought, one of the best Christmas song covers uh, of uh, what's the duet? It's the famous duet that everybody. David Bowie? No, it's, it's, no this is like a song that is always a man and a woman singing. Uh, it's cold gosh. outside. Cold outside. Okay. Thank you, Gibby. Good job, Gibby. And it's Rod Stewart and Dolly Parton. Oh, is, I bet that'd be oh, great. Wow. It's so fantastic. I'll bet that would Isn't be great. that the song that uh, culture, the, today's culture canceled? Maybe it's cold outside? Oh, did they? Why? I think it, it yes, just they because, did. yeah, that's what I thought. Just because it's like it, he's trying to not let her leave, basically. Uh, <laughs> you know how people read too uh, far into things. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. So, I got to tell you this. Tonight, Florida plays Ole Miss in basketball. Here's what Saturday's game did for me. I can't get excited about it. If they had won, they were, if they had gotten to where they were 7-5 and five in the league and, and looked like they were going to win again tonight, Ole Miss is only 2-10 and 10 in the league, and then they were going to be 8-5 and five in the league and 15-11, and 11, I would have held out hopes that they're going to back their way into that tournament. I Now, are you like that too? I mean, oh, I, I, they're dead to me. Saturday, <laughs> yeah. they, 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 yeah. They've got to beat Arkansas to, for me to even pay attention yeah, sat- to the Kentucky game in Gainesville. Because Saturday kind of took them to me – that clinched that they're going to the NIT. That clinched that they're not going to the tournament. Do you feel that way? It, that kind of clinched it for me. That I don't. I don't think. I don't see a, a reasonable way they can now get there. Yeah, I, for me, honestly, I was not devastated on Saturday when Florida lost to Vanderbilt. Not because it wasn't an, an awful loss, just because I didn't really expect that Florida was going to win based off of the two teams' trajectory going so, into that oh, game. So you didn't think they were going to win that game? No. Oh wow, I did. I I, I absolutely thought it were. But you were right. I, I did. I I no. The I Gators didn't. were an eight and a half point favorite. Yeah. Yeah, it, they, yeah, that's, they, a, that's a big favorite. Big favorite to lose at home. Yeah. But they just have not been playing well, and Vanderbilt obviously wow. had been in beating Tennessee, and so. It, it just feels like they're going through a little bit of a lull, but no, I'm not excited about tonight's game. Yeah, I, uh, so what if Georgia's 6-7 and seven in the league, Florida's seven and, or 6-6 six and six in the league. 
Is it a dagger if Georgia finishes better than them? Georgia was 1-17 in the league last year. Yeah, I mean, I think if, if he can't finish above Georgia, I, I think it's a massive, massive problem. Yeah, now, now, uh, now Georgia's got at Alabama and at Arkansas next, yeah. so they're about to get to 6-9 and nine I, in the Yeah, league. I think Florida is going to finish higher than Georgia. I do, too. And I think they're going to beat Georgia when they play him again. I do, too. But, uh, but I think they're done from an NCAA perspective. I don't think there's any chance – they go to Arkansas and win. Right. A, I'm not sure they don't lose another game they're not supposed to lose. Yeah. I mean, that could certainly happen. But I really don't think they're going to beat Arkansas on the road. And, frankly, I don't think they're going to beat Kentucky and Gainesville now. I don't, I don't either. I mean, Kentucky's going to be fighting for their life. Lenardi has moved Kentucky well, and by the to way, out. Yeah. And, by the way, after Kentucky and Gainesville, they travel to Vanderbilt. Right. Who just beat them. Right. Who just beat them in Gainesville. And Florida tradition doesn't play well there. Yeah, that's right. So, I you know, so I uh, – Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd put their percentage of making the NCAA tournament right now at about 6%. But isn't it interesting that, that, that one game changed all that? Because they, they had a mulligan, and, boy, they were going to use it right out of the yeah, game. Yeah, because <laughs> the gauntlet, that gauntlet, that they played the four games, even though Alabama blasted them, I think the fact that they got one of those games and really hung around with Kentucky in another one of those games, gosh, you know what? It wasn't awful. And, and I said, okay, you survived. Now go go beat Vanderbilt and Ole Miss like everybody thinks you're going to. Get to 15 and 11 and 8 and 5. Maybe you never know. You never know. Even though three of the last four are on the road. I, I, I said all along I didn't think they'd be 500 in the league for only the second time in 25 years. And at 6 and 6 with 6 to play, I still don't think they're going to be 500 in the league. Yeah. I, I appreciate Todd Golden's candor. I think he's very open. He doesn't hide how he's feeling about his team. Um, but he said something before the Vanderbilt game that I didn't – it kind of perked my ear a little bit and made me a little nervous, and then it totally came through uh, my concern, was he kept talking about prior to the Vanderbilt game, we don't have any bad losses. Look at our – we don't have any bad losses. I'm like, how can you be saying that yeah. before – if you want to say that before you go to Arkansas, right. fine. Right. But that's the jinx of all jinxes. You gotta know better than that. You're Good a head point. coach. Good point. You can't be sitting there when you're about to play a bad team. I never. Well, we don't of, have any bad law. We haven't had a bad loss all year. All these, all our losses have been good. I never. And thought, then you laid the egg of all eggs. I never thought till you just said it that you shouldn't say that when Vanderbilt's coming up. You should say that when you're going to Alabama. Right. You should say that's a really good point. You should say that when you're going to Arkansas. Because there's no danger of it happening right after you say it. That's a great point. That's a, I never thought about that. What's crazy is if I told y'all Florida's going to score 80 points against Vanderbilt, you would say, wow, right. that's unbelievable for Florida's offense to get to 80 points. And so, yeah, Florida absolutely wins that game. That's what was so surprising to well, me. Well, again, the thing about this. I thought they would have lost, but I thought they would have lost like 65 to 52. If they're 5 of 20 from three-point range, which would be 25%, they win the game. Yeah. You realize that? Yep. Three more threes, that's nine more points they win the game. If they're five of 20. I think you could do that on probably like 10 games this season. But, I mean, I mean, five of 20 is 25%. I'm not saying if they shot 40%. If they if they shot 25%, they win the game. They're 308th in the country shooting the three. <laughs> that's really I mean, amazing. again, 307 teams yeah, in Division One basketball are better at shooting the three than the Florida Gators. Hard stuff to believe, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so we'll see. I uh, will watch the end of it. They'll be in the NIT. Uh, and, and it is a different, you know, Florida State's not going to be in the tournament. Florida's not going to be in the tournament. It's a, 
it's a weird feeling to I'll say this there can have been many NCAA tournaments in the last 25 years that neither one of them were in. Now FSU went to a long stretch where they weren't in any. Right. And, but and Florida carried the banner. Florida then. carried it. And then FSU's been good the last five, six years. I mean, how think about that. How many years in the last 25 have neither one of them been in the field? I would, if I had to guess, I'd say no more than twice. Yeah, I would, I would agree with last that. Last year, right? Wasn't FSU in last year? I, I don't, thought. I thought they weren't. I could be wrong. Were they not in last year? Okay, so I just found the stat. Yeah, they weren't in last year. So last year was the first tournament in six years without Florida and FSU. Okay. okay. Oh, I, oh, I didn't know that. So first, but I'll, well, then well, before that. Well, Florida F- gives you every year from 2000 to what? Uh, Billy's next to last year. Correct. Yeah. Billy only missed it the one. Billy only missed, once he, Billy started going, he only missed it the one time, the last year. Right? Did he miss it the year after the 04s left? No. I thought he did because they had like Calathis and it was a disappointing team and they, they were like. The, did they miss the tournament? I thought. But I, he didn't miss it very much. I think My, Billy only missed it once they got going. Yeah. yeah. I think Billy only missed it when the 04s left. And the, and the 14s left. And then he missed it in 15. Yeah. Or not in 15. Yeah, in, uh, it, yes, yeah. the year that the, yeah, the yeah. Patrick it's, Young class left. And Mike White missed it twice in seven years. Okay. He, right. made, he had two NITs in seven years. Now, one of the years. There wasn't a tournament, but he would have been in it. He would have been in so, it. So, right. so White missed it twice in seven years. Billy missed it twice in his final 17 years. You know, so it's only four times Florida wasn't in it since the 90s. Right. So, if it, yeah, there couldn't be very many. There couldn't be very many. So, anyway, so we'll see. All right, let's take a break. Let's wrap the program. Lauren's got news and notes to wrap it up after this on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. We were just talking about Rod Stewart and exactly where he played Maggie May in his recent concert. So a little Maggie May for you on this fine Wednesday afternoon. Just an absolutely beautiful day. All right, we talked about it earlier in the show, but I will have you two repeat what you said about Calvin Ridley and the fact that he can apply for reinstatement today and already did. Yeah, has applied, and, uh, it, you know, probably will find out, I would think, in the next three or four weeks. Nothing to be worried about. Uh, the Jaguars can't do anything with him uh, from a team standpoint until April 17th. Uh, but it's great that he started the process. Certainly excited to see him. And, again, you look at what he did in that final year, 90 catches, 1,374 yards, a 15.3-yard average and nine touchdowns. He doesn't need to do that here. He doesn't have to be wrapped up in being the savior of the offense. Calvin Ridley should be a – presented with a very low pressure situation when he arrives a very welcoming one where the expectations are very reasonable he's going to be a fine addition as i said at the time too when you look at the numbers Hayes just talked about the 2020 season when you look at the numbers he had a 1374 yard season with nine touchdowns and 90 catches his first year in the league he had 10 touchdowns he is really if right he is really good man and i uh Boy, oh, boy, I, I can't wait to see him uh, mixed in with all those other really good receivers. How do you think Matt Ryan from four years ago compares to Trevor Lawrence now? He's sm- smarter in terms of recognizing what a defense is going to do. Uh, so there's a savviness mm-hmm. to Ryan then that Trevor still doesn't have, which is understandable. Uh, Trevor obviously is more gifted from a talent standpoint. Um, so, I mean, if you were going to say Trevor Lawrence in 2023 – versus Matt Ryan in 2020, I would say 
Calvin Ridley will be playing with the better quarterback in 2023. Yeah, and because guys make up ground really fast, much faster now. It doesn't take as many years to be up to speed. It was Trevor's second year. His first year was a real operation, and by the middle of the season, he was really good. And so, uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Were you surprised to see that this was the third most watched Super Bowl behind the 2015 Patriots-Seahawks game and 2017 Falcons-Patriots game? I wasn't because it's not a coincidence that the three most watched all happened in the last seven years. There's more people watching. There's more people. There's more ways to distribute it. There's more ways to find it. There's more to do about it. Um, you, you could never make the point that those games were necessarily better games or better teams in the early years, but not as many people could get to it. So because the game was so good and so so competitive and because in the last 10 years far more people are watching TV than ever before, I'm not surprised. And Mahomes is going to get the lion's share of the credit for that because I don't think people were tuning in to watch the Eagles and Jalen Hurts that weren't Eagles fans. Uh, so you can expect Kansas City to get every call moving forward if they weren't already because the league is going to attribute that number to Patrick Mahomes above everybody else. Well, hey, speaking of Kansas City, it has been the epicenter of the NFL. We have the victory parade today, the NFL draft is there, and then, of course, the 2023 NFL opening game will be in Kansas City as well. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what the league chooses for uh, Kansas City's opener. Obviously, you have the Super Bowl rematch there. If that's how you want to go about it, I'm not a big fan of that. I would rather see Philadelphia, Kansas City, you know, later on, maybe around Halloween, something like that. I agree. Uh, so I would like to think they'll pick a different opener. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they end up choosing. If I had to guess, I'll say Broncos open at Arrowhead, Sean Payton, Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes and the defending champs. If you think about it, it's pretty amazing what – what a generational quarterback will do for you. Kansas City, and it's a wonderful football town. It's, I mean, it is a, they love their Chiefs. They're loud. They tailgate all day long. It's, it's football the way it's supposed to be. They do a great job as fans. I mean, it's a great, great setting. But if you think about it, Kansas City, other than Len Dawson winning it in Super Bowl three or whatever it was, or Super Bowl whatever one he won, if you think about it, Super Bowl four, other than the early years of Len Dawson and – Buddy Bell and Willie Lanier and Kansas City has not had a storied football history. If you think about it, they really haven't. They've had they've been a good they've been a good franchise, but they have not been storied on any level until Patrick Mahomes comes along. Just like the Patriots had never been storied on any level until Tom Brady came along. And now, to your point, Lauren, it's the epicenter of the football world, isn't it? Because this great quarterback comes out of Texas Tech. Pretty amazing stuff. It really is. Did you realize that the Panthers and the Colts discussed prominent offensive coaching roles with Dan Orlovsky before he decided to stay with ESPN? I never heard that, but it doesn't surprise me a bit. It does not surprise me a bit. I mean, he is a – I mean, Brian Greasy was a good analyst. It's now a quarterback's coach where in San Francisco, right? I think so. Yeah, okay, I mean, I, I think it's very clear these analysts really know what they're talking about. I would – I'm not at all surprised Orlovsky got an opportunity – and I would think if he wants to coach, he can. He's a really bright guy. He is, and he puts the work in. It's obvious from his analysis. So I think that's the biggest question that some of these teams have is, okay, it's a different world here. You know, is, is, is he really going to put in the level of, of that's right. work it's going to take to do this? And I think Orlovsky has proven that. And uh, so, yeah, I, I 
think it would have been a good hire had they chose to go in that direction. He also seems like a really easy guy to get along with. He's self-deprecating. Yeah. Like you said, he works really hard. It's, he seems to get along famously with everyone he works with. Those are all really good characteristics of a good coach. He yeah. tweeted out a picture the other day from his playing career. and Or he didn't tweet out, but somebody tweeted out a, a goofy picture of him. Uh, from his playing career, and his response is, somebody actually married this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say this all the time. If you can't laugh at yourself, who can yeah, you laugh at? Right. So uh, you know, I agree with your take on him. He seems like he'd be a neat guy. I agree with you. There are certain people that get better looking as they get older. It, it's obviously not everyone, but there, I feel like Dan Orlovsky is kind of one of those people. Like I feel like he is, and I'm not saying he's like the world's most attractive man by any means, but I do feel like he's... He's growing into kind of his own skin, if that makes sense. I can't tell you whether he's good-looking or not. What I can tell you is he has gone from a guy that was a backup quarterback that nobody <laughs> knew that ran out of bounds <laughs> to now a megastar in the media world. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Hey, so I'd like you to analyze Dan Orlovsky's attractiveness. <laughs> well, first, got to look at the cheekbones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love the like clear glasses, but I know that's kind of like a fad nowadays. But, uh, but a, his a, clear plastic Apart glasses. from Hayes' assessment of his looks, <laughs> um, this guy, I mean, he's a guy that ran out of bounds. He's a yeah. guy that stepped out of the end. He went from being the guy that stepped out of the end zone to being a megastar. And yeah. by the way, he's good on games. He he's might, great on games. If he wanted to do games, he might be the next great one. And he, he obviously enjoys them, and he does that in addition to all the yeah, studio analysis yeah. as well. We earlier talked about Todd McShay's um, first mock draft post-Super Bowl. He, when he projected Anthony Richardson to the Panthers, he had this to say, not about Anthony Richardson, but overall in the NFL. We have never seen three or more teams hire a new coach and draft a quarterback in the top ten in the same offseason. But if things play out the way that his mock drafted, Frank Reich and the Panthers would make history. Yeah, and let me tell you this about, about the, the whole Anthony Richardson thing. I made this comment to you guys the week after the Florida State game. And I'll say it again. He survived the playing season. Where he would crush it would be the workout season. And once you get through the playing season and have not lost your spot, and I worried if he'd lose his spot in the first round or high in the first round, but once he didn't, now people are going to see those big arms, that great body. He's in great shape. He's a hard worker. He's working with Denny, who does such a good job. And now the, So if he survived the playing season, look out in the workout season because that's when he was going to be a superstar. Yeah, and if he had had a good season for Florida, if he'd been just even, say, second team, all SEC, he'd be the number one pick, and yeah. it would be over. Yeah, that's right. Because, I mean, cause the, over. Because the stuff that Stroud, the stuff, he's got the quarterback stuff that, that let me rephrase that. Young and Stroud have the quarterback stuff that he and Levis don't yet seem to have. He and Levis have the traits that neither one of them have. If you put it all into one, that guy, same with Levis, by the way. If Levis had led them to a 10-2 season, completed 68%, 28 touchdowns and six picks, he'd be the first overall pick. Yeah. It once a, there were some mocks in September, October where he was. Right. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Do you think the Anthony Richardson camp would be in favor of the Panthers going to Carolina with Frank Reich at the helm? I think it's a great spot. Great spot. You know, you've got great spot. Uh, Frank Reich would be the ideal head coach for him. And what helps there is he's being drafted into a very new regime. So there's so time. There's time. Yeah. There's not the pressure of, hey, this is the second quarterback that I've taken in the first round as right. a GM, and 
you know, I know if, if, if we don't get him out there and if he doesn't show results, I'm going to lose my job. Frank Wright can absolutely have time. Uh, and if this doesn't work, he's going to get another chance, you would think, uh, to, to have a second quarterback. So I, I think Carolina, I think from a lifestyle standpoint, I think everything surrounding it would be about near perfect for Anthony Richardson. I mean, you'd like there to be more talent around him. But I think in terms of the environment that he'd be in, uh, it, it would be a, a solid A- minus for me. Yeah, I, I think it would be ideal if he could sit for the first year wherever he ends up going. But it does feel like nowadays if you draft someone that high, it's not going to happen. And, and Blake Bortles, we all said, okay, he's got some time to sit behind Chad Henney, and, and then that certainly did not happen. And finally, Frank, to wrap things, just a reminder – Walk-Off Charities High School Baseball Classic continues. Right now, St. Joe's is playing first coast. And then at 7 p.m., Sandalwood takes on Ponte Vedra, so people should head out to San Susi to watch some excellent high school baseball. I'll be there tonight watching, as a matter of fact. Uh, Pon- that Ponte Vedra-Sandalwood game is going to be a good one now, so I'm looking forward to getting on watching that. Let's say hello to Rick Ballou. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Blue, I got a question for you. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. And now, you, now, listen, you cannot duck this question. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to give me an answer. We've done this before, and you've ducked me. You cannot duck me. Are you ready, ready for this? I don't normally duck. Okay. If you all of a sudden were told by law <laughs> that you that we're watching too much sports on TV and everybody had to give up give up one month of watching sports. You had to take a month off. You could not you were not allowed to watch sports in one month. What month would you choose? Oh my God. That is so hard me. for me. It's supposed to be. Um June. June, okay. Okay. June. You could sacrifice the baseball and yeah. the U.S. Open for everything else. Okay, yeah, that, that'd be Honest it because, uh, you, know, you know, playoffs are over in hockey and, and, and basketball. Yeah, yeah that, that, and it would okay. be tough, but that would be Good it. Answer. Yep, June, Good. absolutely. Everybody else has said summer months except me. Yeah. I said February knowing I'm missing the Super Bowl, but I would trade in the Super Bowl for 25 baseball games. But I think I'm in the minority. You said what about everybody else has said, is they wouldn't give up. Because you got hockey, too, in February, by the way. Oh, there's no but doubt I, I got hockey. You're giving up the next four days of Pacific Pasaladades? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That's what I'm giving up. So, anyway, right, good answer. Fair enough. Well well, well answered. Uh, June, June is Rick Ballou's choice. I like it. Uh-huh. Uh, what's coming up tonight? What are we doing? What's on the show? Yeah, I got a, I got a lot scheduled here tonight uh, as far as quarterbacks. It's remarkable. I, uh, I sat down earlier today and, and really mapped everything out and – this carousel could be the greatest that we have ever seen in the history of the NFL. It is absolutely, totally mind-boggling. And, you know, I look at the AFC South, and then I look at who Jacksonville will face in the NFC South. The other seven teams do not right now know who their quarterback is. And the only one that is set for sure is obviously Trevor Lawrence right here in Duval. So we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. You know, we had some major trades at quarterback a year ago. It didn't work for any one of those teams. And, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where you can look at it, then constantly drop the reminder that, hey, you don't have to worry about that in this city. You have a 23-year-old quarterback. Yeah, you know what? I love it. All coming up on Rick. Uh, it was Rick goes in tonight. Rick, thanks, buddy. All right, take care. It.
All right, Rick Beluga's into the night right now. Do want to remind you, Lauren just did. Thank you for that, Lauren, that if you want to watch baseball and support a wonderful cause, fantastic baseball on a beautiful night, uh, the last game, the last regular, before we get into the playoff mode, uh, the last in the first round games, tonight it is a terrific Sandwood versus Ponte Vedra. Starts at 7 o'clock at San Susi Baseball Park. We're out here tomorrow live from the auto show. Looking forward to that. For uh, Hayes, Lauren, and Gibby, I'm Frank Franzi. So long.